0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on dobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast
2: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Hope you're having a great Thursday, a great Friday eve. Brooke Grimsley is here.
0: Yes, I am here.
4: Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis huh, is here. I'm sweating. Sweating those, already. Uh, yeah, those, those... Working. Those, working. Working. <laughs> those uh, stadium stairs I ran at Illinois back in the day definitely assisted me a few minutes ago. Is
3: that uh, aside from, I guess, swimming?
4: (laughs) I would think stairs have to be the most grueling cardio exercise there is. It's awful. I mean, we we had a lot of different workouts though. We had thirty-three one tens was our max. Oh man, that was terrible. Yeah, don't even talk to me about that. Uh, Sixteen full gassers was really terrible. And so, you know, that's down back, down back. That was Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't great. That's when you're young and in condition though. Yeah, we were good. Old people. No, no. We don't do that kind of thing. Nah. <laughs> no. But the stadium stairs were were terrible because we had to do the entire stadium. It was uh, yeah. It was a bear all the yeah. way up to the top.
0: I feel like even, it doesn't matter how fit you are, something about the stairs
4: always it's pulls you. It's a mental ground. Even yeah.
0: even if you're yeah. just in a building and you're like, I work out every day. I do the Stairmaster when I go to the gym. I got this. And then I do the stairs in a building. <laughs> you're like, whoa, this is so a tired. different type of stairs, yeah.
3: huh? <laughs> yeah, too far I used to do the, the steps at the Dome. Oh Man. really? Oh brother! Oh my word! Yeah, I, ju- I just can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, very cool victory for the Blues last night. Late start, uh, CD. Late start, so I I went to bed early, but I, they were so dominant. I figured.
4: Uh, oh well, when they got to the second period, they they they, they, they lost it. They, they, they scored three. three lost? They, they gave uh, up the lead in the second period. <laughs> the first half, now you're correct. If you watch the first, I don't know, what, 30 minutes yeah. of a game, you might yeah. feel that. Uh, feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. know, Those last 30 no, minutes. Now no, so. no, 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 okay. that I check, it looks like they lost 6-3. to three.
0: <laughs> You might have thought that the curse was lifted because they were actually able to respond, even though they didn't score first. Mm-hmm. They were able to respond with three goals. You're like, all right, Here the we vibes go. are Here great. We go. And then it just fell apart. Uh, Zach
3: Whitecloud that? scoring early on for, let's show you what we got coming up on this show, by the way. Uh, Greg Amzinger is flying this morning, so we're not going to have him. He's flying no. from Nicheville uh, back home. Uh, we're going to have Greg Warren in studio, along with Missouri wrestling G. coach Brian Smith. We've got some wrestling coming up in St. Louis wrestling. in uh, the later part of this month, the night before the Bragging Rights yeah. game. And we're also going to talk to Jeremy Rutherford during the course of the show about the Blues, who did fall behind last night on a Zach Whitecloud Vegas goal 803 into the game, but then at the 9:20 mark, the Blues leading goal scorer tied the
5: game. Trangelo through Hutton to Barbashev on the near side, lost it to Thomas, bringing it in, Neighbors with Butch Navich Neighbors to the goal, he scores!
3: All right, feeling pretty good. And after Neighbors scored, Kevin Hayes scored at the 10:33 mark, 2-1 Blues. And then before the period was out, the Blues' slumping goal scorer came out of his slumber.
5: Tyru into the middle. What a play! Stick handles! Score!
3: And there you go. The Blues are up three-one, and we're thinking, okay, pretty good. But then we stayed good up. Good game, guys. Yeah, good game. Uh, second period, right, no. I, I think what two things happened. Number one. I think Vegas decided, okay, enough of this. Let's, come on now. We're the Stanley <laughs> Cup champions and these are the Blues. Their own owner said they aren't elite. We are elite. So they kind of took over. <laughs> their elite player, Jack Eichel, scoring to make it 3-2. Uh, they go on a power play. Jonathan Marchessault, so another elite player, scores to tie the game at three. And then at the 12-18 mark, one of their young, talented players came through.
5: They've got the pressure all in the blue zone. Good poke by Saad. Got it up to the blue line, not out. It's a 3-3 game here in St. Louis. Long shot towards the goal. 4-3, Vegas. Told you it was coming, Mike. And the Knights have taken a one-goal lead with three goals unanswered here. And 7.42 to go in the second period.
3: And then another power play goal before the period was out. Mario um, from Stevenson and Barbashev. An empty netter late for the Knights, who win it by a score. Of 6-3. to three. And it was just, it, it was an all-around destruction of the Blues. And self-destruction on the part of the Blues because they allowed eight, eight power plays. That's a league high Sorry. this year. Mm-hmm.
4: So, here, here's, this is one of those games where, you know, we're, we're really critical of the Blues and their effort. I, I think last night was pretty good effort mm-hmm. they just ran into a team that's better than them and that happens in sports you can you can accept some losses you never want to lose but you you can accept that you're going to lose some games you're not going to win them all that it, it's happened in football one time it hasn't happened in any other sports because it's too hard to win every single game so you can you can accept it um they played it really well to, mm, to, yeah. to begin the game the first 30 minutes and then you know that The Golden Knights are are a better team right now, so they they finished the game in the way that they needed to finish it.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's what you ran into. And the penalties, I mean, those just really messed up from the Blues. I know that we just already got a text in this morning from the 314 that says, Guys, the the refs mishandled that third period, really saw penalties. Half the period were on the penalty kill, and here's the thing: is the penalties, especially that I, he, I know that they were mentioning the third period. But if you go to the second period towards the end, there, the too many men—that is what sealed the deal for me right there, because then it made it five to three with the Golden Knights, and that's where I just said, okay, this is where it's on the Blues. The too many men—that's always going to be on the Blues and on the coaching staff in that situation.
3: Yeah, and so the Blues fall by a score of six to three, and they'll play the Blue Jackets tomorrow. Tonight. And of course, you'll hear that here on 101 ESPN with the pregame at 5 o'clock. The Billikens had an 18-point lead over Drake at Drake. Drake hadn't lost at home this year. Billikens followed by the score of 75-69, 41-25 at halftime. And then the, the Bills outscored 26-12 to start the second half. And they lost the lead with 2.25 left. Bruce Zhang and Siam Medley started with Mike Meadows and Larry Hughes the second out with injury. And so it's a loss for St. Louis University. Thursday night football tonight. Patriots at Steelers oh, and get your popcorn ready <laughs> oh, <yeah. We>, <laughs> <we, we, we laughs> shootout old school it's sure
4: gonna be yeah. touchdowns yeah. left and yeah. right and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah touchdowns yeah, well, okay. I don't know about that well uh, Kenny Pickett's punks? injured right yeah. it doesn't matter so, is he injured it, it well, yeah, is, and they were did
0: you see the report they were planning on benching him even prior yeah, to this yeah. injury it, it
4: right. doesn't matter <laughs> All right, it, at this point man it, whoever scores three first probably wins. <laughs> right, if you get a touchdown, yeah. you probably win by, you know, double digits. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, you, you, are, you are going to, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game to watch. Yeah,
3: yeah it yeah. is. Uh, the base, baseball winner meetings concluded with finally a blockbuster as uh, Juan Soto of the Padres. The new
6: York, the New
3: York. Yeah, he is. Start uh, spreading the news. Talking. Yeah, no doubt that uh, Juan Soto, formerly of the Padres, is, uh, yeah, he gets (laughs) traded. Seven-player deal. He goes to uh, New York along with Trent Grisham for three guys who are capable of starting for the Padres this year. And remember, the Padres lost Michael Walker. They've lost Seth Lugo. They've lost Blake Snell. So they needed to replenish their starting rotation. They have done so. And Juan Soto, man, that lineup with uh, Judge probably hitting
4: leadoff. You think and Judge is going to be the leadoff? Yeah. 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 Soto yeah. is batting second. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah. The and Bronx then the,
0: Bombers are back. Yeah. You, oh my god.
3: It's going to go left, right, left, right. So you'll have Judge, Soto, Stanton, Rizzo uh, as your top four. It'll be. Uh,
4: it it'll be, it'll be good luck. <laughs> and then for, uh, the Bronx a good luck, Bombers. Tell him That's good a, luck. A, a, <laughs> a, that means that DJ LeMahieu <laughs> is going to be in
3: like the five or six hole for them. That's yeah. a ridiculous lineup. Yeah. Gleyber
7: Torres is in like seventh.
3: Yeah, right. Jesus. It's crazy. And they're going to uh, pursue Yamamoto. They've got a uh, meeting with Yamamoto on Monday. The Mets' owner Steve Cohen met with Yamamoto last week, along with their president of baseball operations with the Mets, David Stearns. But the Japan. Yankees apparently are not going to be outbid financially for Yoshi Yamamoto.
4: Didn't, wasn't Shilton meeting with Soto? uh, He was planning planning to, yeah. Now he's going to meet with three new starting pitchers. Uh, (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) things happen quickly. Yeah, they do. Very quickly. I think this is, like, that's the type of news that I think Cardinal Mm -hmm. fans wanted to hear. Like, we get a superstar player and are on the verge of going to get another superstar player. It's different different teams, different markets, different different owners, different franchises. They, They are... They don't have a problem with spending money and going to get those types of guys. But when you look at
3: the nature of baseball for these winter meetings, I'm willing to give the Cardinals credit for doing most of their lifting before the meetings even started because nobody yeah. else is getting yeah. anything done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a real. Th- there were three players of note that were moved during these winter meetings to this point in the off season and basically the transaction season started right after the world series november 1st and you've had kimbrell move you've had soto move and there was a verdugo move to the yankees made two of them so the cardinals and the yankees are far and away the two most aggressive teams so far in this offseason. now do you love what the cardinals have done in terms of uh, being a finished product no but to their credit they have gotten things done and other teams have not
0: exactly and also John Moselak mentioned yesterday I sent you guys the quote. Mm-hmm. John Denton of MLB.com has this. He sees this as a World Series contending team. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Cardinals.
3: Yeah, I don't. I, I, I. And I'm glad that he does. And he, he you know.
6: He, uh, say I, say I, that again?
3: Do you want me to, was, you want me to read was, you the quote? I, yeah. I, I,
0: you, I was, you look flabbergasted I when, when I said that. I don't know why you would be so flabbergasted oh, by they, that,
3: They CD. lost 91
4: games yeah. last year. Yeah. And
3: I think they're back to – I think right now if i were to project if i were to be uh what's the the name oh it's uh, picota if i if i were Pico- bill picota today i would say they're 81 and 81. I, I would think that they're about a 500 team and i i think there are things they can do to get to 91 wins 92 and be to me if you get into the world into the playoffs you're a world series contender the mm-hmm. diamondbacks were a world series contender last year clearly because they were in the world series uh the year before that the phillies were had the fewest uh, wins of any National League playoff team. But well, They were a World Series... I, I said here on this... I said sitting in this chair. I said, there's only one team in these playoffs in the National League that can't make the World Series, and it's Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And they did. The year before that, Atlanta wasn't a World Series contender, but they wound up in the World Series. So... If you make the playoffs, you are a World Series contender. And if he's convinced that the Cardinals are a playoff team right now, then they are.
0: So here is the quote from John Denton. And Denton says, asked if he saw the Cardinals as World Series contenders with the pitching roster constructed. Pobo John Moselock said, I do. We're excited about what we have. You've got to play games and you need a lot of things to happen. I can be as bullish as I want, but that's why we play.
4: Mm-hmm. Are they going to win their division We're right now? I mean, obviously, the other right teams now, haven't done, I, yeah, anything. Now the Cubs, we expect the Cubs to yeah. to Cubs to are gonna go out some, and do some things.
3: And at this point, Milwaukee hasn't taken apart their franchise yet, right? Mm-mm. Right. But they did get, get rid of Marcana. They 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 aren't great offensively, but and they've lost Woodruff for the year. So eh, Brewers are still, and they lost their manager. Mm-hmm. So okay, so Reds. Reds are not I still can't figure out how the Reds won 82 <laughs> uh, Brewers eh, Cubs right now no Bellinger uh, no Stroman they, they haven't done anything to replace those guys yet Pirates. so right now I, I mean as we sit here at 713 in the morning on December 7th 2023 I would say yes the Cardinals would be considered the favorites will it be that way one month from today when the Cubs are done do, doing all they need or all they want to do probably not. The Cubs are interested in Chapman. They're interested in getting a starting pitcher. Heck, they're still interested in Otani. So I would guess that the Cubs will probably be the favorites, but as Mo said, that's why they play the games.
0: Exactly. you got to be bullish about it. And if you look at the Cardinals scheduled to begin the season next year, it is not going to be easy. You have the Dodgers. You're going to be obviously on the West Coast. So Dodgers, Padres, then you're going to face the Marlins, then you're going to face the Phillies, then you're going to face the Diamondbacks, then you're going to face the A's, which obviously a break, but (laughs) that's not that's going to take a minute to get to Uh, that break for uh, them. But that is a very tough way to start your schedule.
3: Brooke, that sounds to me like a schedule that could get people fired early.
0: Oh, no. You think by, okay, so they play the A's by April 15th.
3: But let's go beyond the A's. Let's look at the rest of April.
0: Okay, so then you have the Brewers Mm -hmm. and and you have the Diamondbacks again, the Mets, the Tigers, and White Sox to start May.
3: Okay, I would say that yeah. By uh, I, I hate to say this, but I could absolutely see another fourteen and twenty-four.
4: Oh come that'd on, that'd be man. brutal. Come on, Randy. I mean, come look
3: on. at the schedule. Are they going to beat up on the Dodgers? Are they going to beat up on the Di- Diamondbacks? Went outside Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez yesterday. Yes. Uh, the left-hander from Detroit. They they don't look like they're sitting on their laurels after going to the World Series. The only walkover I see there is the A's. I think everybody else would have to be... I'll bet you the betting lines will generally favor the opposition
4: over the Cardinals. Wouldn't you think for that first month? Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be a long, long start to the season. Could be. No. And we great. saw what
0: happened yep. last season when you didn't get off to a great start.
4: But here's
3: the thing. You do have, at the beginning of the season, you have the fresh sunny Gray. Sunny comes home. Mm. Uh, You hopefully have uh, a fresh and ready-to-go Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, hopefully have a closer, maybe even another closer that's willing to pitch a a back-to-back day. Uh, So there's a lot of things that uh, if you want to look through it with Sunshine Lollipops, you can say, okay, the Cardinals can compete with everybody, but now are you going to be able to do it over six months? That's uh, my biggest question. Can they do it for six months?
0: Sunshine Lollipops or Cardinals Kool-Aid?
3: Oh, Cardinal Kool Aid is good.
4: (laughs) Cardinal (laughs) Kool Aid. (laughs) Yeah. Red flavor?
0: Yeah.
6: Rainbow.
3: (laughs) We're together.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. So. So, at least one person laughed at my "oh yeah." Thank you. Oh yeah,
4: he's like, oh, <laughs> so yeah. I am. Uh...
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, can you guys do it? Yeah, isn't that the Kool-Aid? That's the Kool-Aid? Oh yeah, you yeah, do it. it. Okay, yeah, yeah but it's somewhere. like because he's busting through the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't
3: think he's busting through that wall. Oh. So I am. Uh, <laughs> so um, ah. I, I'm willing to give credit where credit is due at this point, though. To the Cardinals because they went out and they said uh, they said we're going to get three starting pitchers and they got three veteran starting pitchers. Do I think they need to get another? There's Elvis by the way outside the door. Elvis, come out in here for a second. Oh, uh, uh, he's on the Riz show.
6: <laughs> <laughs> the King,
3: King is great. He yes. is awesome. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, I'll again credit where credit is due. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho, we've got sick of it. Next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Here on 101 ESPN With Rick Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio I'm Randy And guys, we always love the opening of NBA free agency Where pretty much everybody signs on the first day Or NHL free agency Where pretty much every si- everybody signs on the first day of free agency Or NFL, where everybody actually signs before free agency Because they have their, <laughs> their quote-unquote legal <laughs> tampering, tampering. tampering mm. period Major League Baseball asks media. They offer media the opportunity to get hotel rooms and spend a lot of money to travel to these sites for their winter meetings so that people can report on all the transactions that Major League Baseball is going to have. You know what I'm sick of is Major League Baseball offering that ability and then doing nothing for Katie Wu and John Denton and Derek Gould and everybody who had to go to the winter meetings to cover absolutely nothing this week it's really stupid on the part of Major League Baseball because one thing we know and if you're around people on in the sports internet world the interwebs uh, social media the highest number of hits that sports get is when they have a trade deadline or a signing period and Major League Baseball takes no advantage of their ability to get people engaged with the transaction, which they like better than the action. Major League Baseball, I'm sick of you calling the media to where your meeting is, and then not doing anything.
4: Yeah, because those numbers are what drive eyeballs to the mm-hmm. screen. When you see, you know, quarterbacks getting hundred millions of dollars in contract, Patrick Mahomes signing five hundred million dollars. You, oh, that's a big number. It, it just drives more people to to what's going on and. Baseball probably did has missed opportunities to, you know, continue to grow their sport and to get more eyeballs. Because again, if Shohei would have signed a six hundred million dollar contract, everybody in the country would be talking about that today. And baseball would be the hot topic as opposed to having to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots on TV. Do you want to
0: watch that? No. I'm (laughs) gonna watch it.
4: Here's
3: Americana, and this has happened to me twice because I, I go to spring training, obviously. And there have been three three different occasions. This is kind of weird over the last 12 years. Three different occasions where I have been in an airport on the first day of NFL free agency. And that's all anybody's talking about. All. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you, you walk signed? around and you overhear people. Yep. Oh, man. Did you hear that... Uh, Player X sign. Okay. Everybody's talking about it and baseball doesn't take advantage of their ability to have everybody talking about their sport during their offseason.
0: Is this more on the agents because you have these big name agents as we know Scott Boris he even had his own press conference yesterday which he said some interesting things is this more on the agents kind of holding things back because you didn't have any big news the Soto stuff didn't drop until what time? Meetings were
5: over yeah it was night. like 10, yeah.
0: 10 something right, yeah, right. That, that it came out is that more on the agents holding things out that moving things along quick enough. I mean, I get that there's a long negotiation process when you're going to spend $600 million or however million on a person, but maybe it's the agents that are being the holdup in this? Well,
3: two things. Number one, trades can happen. It doesn't matter. That's you true. don't need agents for trades. And maybe there needs to be a transaction deadline at the end of the meeting. So yes. you can't do a transaction from the end of the meetings until January 15th. Mm-hmm. Maybe th- that will force, deadlines always force action, and maybe that will force agents to work a little bit faster so that you don't miss out on the contract and the money. I or, think
0: we just solved it right there. Yep, That's yeah. actually a really good idea. They, they need done. to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I do feel bad. I was talking to Katie Wu and some of the other writers that were down there, and they were also talking about how big Gaylord Opryland mm-hmm. Hotel is and how hard it was to get oh, around. Oh man, yeah. You <laughs> so then you have all this going on and then they're trying to figure out where in the world they need to go.
4: And then there's nothing there happening when they get there. Right. Yeah,
0: nice yeah, so to get it, over here and... Eh,
4: I, I've been there. Been. It does It does. So. <laughs>
0: I remember
3: uh, I w- was at the ones and it was 2000 and the Cardinals, uh, I don't think they did anything and then uh, when the meetings were over, literally the night the meetings were over, they traded for Edgar Renteria. Mm. Uh, so, mm-hmm.
4: it, it, kind of like Soto last night. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's what a waste gone. of three days for yeah. a lot of people. You know what I'm sick of? Uh, this is for, there are some parents right now driving their kids to school. I talk to a lot of teachers. I, I, I deal with teachers, and, and I, I love teachers and the amount of work that they do in our schools to help young people be the best that they can be. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of parents calling teachers about their kids' grades. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing, parents, and and if your child is in the car with you and they are one of those children that say, oh, my teacher hasn't graded the work yet, they're lying. (laughs) They're lying. Your sweet child lies. Your child (laughs) actually turned the work in late. Therefore, the teacher that graded those papers for the kids that turned them in on time has already graded that work. Now, your teacher... your child will get to your son or daughter's grade when they feel like it your child is lying they turned the work in late they have no grade (laughs) updated because they turned it in late it's not the teacher's fault stop calling them and bothering them about your child he or she sitting in the back seat sitting next to you on your way to school he lied she lied they turned it in late i promise you more time 90 percent of the time the assignment was due November 23rd, they turned it in November 28th. It's late. Mm. Five days. Maybe they turned it in December 6th. 11 days. It's late. And therefore, the teacher will grade this assignment when the hell they feel like it. (laughs) And you, sir, ma'am, parent, will wait as well as your child. That's all I have.
0: I, teachers do not get enough credit for everything they do. And I even the pay is not fair, all the different kind of no. stuff. But it always starts at home. It starts at home with your children, right? Like with assignments, with keeping up with things. It's yep. on the parents to do that. The teachers can only enforce so much You in ever heard schools. of a
3: kid baby um, preventing their parent from seeing a report card?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Randy. Oh,
4: you, that's, when you even, could, that's when you could go get the report card <laughs> before it, when it came in the mail. May or may not have
0: happened. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm sick of, guys? We talked about this earlier this week, CD and I did, about there's some fans on social media, some Ohio State fans trying to downplay this Cotton Bowl. And there's even, like, this guy in town that's on, like, another radio that's station. Charlie He's Marlowe. from Ohio. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. You know, I think he used to be on Fox, too, or something like yeah. that, but... There are some fans really trying to downplay this Cotton Bowl against Mizzou, even calling it a Super Bowl. And we talked about it on Monday. I think you just have to change the narrative. How many Super Bowls has Mizzou played in this year where fans of the other teams tried to say, oh, this is just their Super Bowl. Guess what? A New Year's Six Bowl is a big deal. And Ohio State now, with the addition of Tripp Trainum, they had Cal McCord, a quarterback, who also entered the transfer portal. That's like 13 players right now who have entered the transfer portal for Ohio State. I'm sorry, Ohio State, doesn't see this as a big deal, but it is a big deal to get the Cotton Bowl.
3: It, it is. And, and It's a big the, deal for it, Missouri. Well, it's it's yeah. the worst type of fan that doesn't appreciate winning. And Chuckles wants, when, when <laughs> Ohio State loses to Michigan, he wants the coach fired. The worst fans in the world are the ones that are so entitled, they think that, well, if we aren't playing for a national championship, it's not worth it because then you just can't enjoy the sport that you're watching during the course of the season. Why even bother tuning in in September, October, November. Why not just wait until the end of December, January 1st if you're going to be that way?
0: Oh, we already got a text in from the 636. Cotton Bowl means zero. It's an exhibition game, and it's Ohio State's backups. You see, already making that's, excuses. That, that, that,
3: that's fine. And, and you know what? That's, if that's the way they feel,
4: I feel bad for them. Well, I mean, I mean you know what? Don't watch it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Here's the issue. Ohio State was a team that was top four in the country, number one, number two, the entire season. They lost a tough game to their rival. They are out of the college football playoffs because of that tough game. It's hard to get kids excited about a bowl game when they feel like they should have been or could have been playing for a national championship. That's not Missouri's fault. Mizzou uh, Ohio- and Ohio State should have declined then, right? Well, no. You, you, <laughs> that, that's not how that works. You're gonna yeah, steal, you can no, decline no. a bowl game. You can. You, you don't you, have to, you, you're you, not going you to decline the to go. If you don't care about it and it's meaningless, why what? go? No, there are kids that <laughs> care about it on the team. They're but still you just there.
3: just told me they don't, that they were three, 1, 2, 3, 4. The, the, the just, ones do, what, that decided
4: to opt out or transfer don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. But there are some younger so, players on that roster that have not had a chance to play, that have maybe played in limited <laughs> roles, that will get an opportunity to play. It means something to them, the kids that will be back for next year or some of the kids that are in their yeah, final I mean, year that won't play again. But – Overall, I'm sure there, there are a lot of Ohio State fans that are frustrated. How does Alabama jump us? We You know, it, it's a lot of questions that, yep. that, that More take More tickets that for Mizzou place.
3: fans then. Mizzou sold out their allotment at 18 Mizzou hours. Mizzou should if, be excited. If, and if, if. – Ohio State fans don't want to go, that's fine. If they they don't don't like it, they they don't have to go.
0: Well, and also, if you want to play in the NFL, which I think is a a lot of college football players' ultimate goal, right? Playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, that matters on your resume, right? When you're trying to entice an NFL team. If you're trying to get drafted, does it not?
4: it it I mean it, it any game you get to play matters so it doesn't matter if it's the you know the the music city bowl or or any bowl it just being having having an opportunity to put more film out and show your ability against another opponent always helps you yeah. so it's going to help those young men that are playing in that game
3: all right let's get one or two texts from matthew on the text line 3143999646314399 yo ho Sick of it. Jordan Walker being overlooked. He's going to be our best player by a wide
7: margin next year. Start paying attention. I don't think he's being Who's
3: overlooked. overlooking Jordan. No, I
0: don't think so. We're, he's we're... also very tall. I think that he it's overlooks hard. people. Yeah, it's hard to you know, overlook. He
3: needs to switch to number 22, does he not? <laughs> he 18 should. is not a great number. 22 yeah. is a great number. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I'll respect to 18
7: sick of it osu fans already pouting they're
3: taking their ball and going home and the game's fun. three weeks away mm, kind of
0: sounds like it they're, they're fine yeah,
3: <laughs> you know that's but, but if uh, I, I would hope that they just don't watch if if you know you don't have to pay attention you there's other things to do on the night of december 29th so just don't watch if you're an ohio state fan you know sick of it it's the gonna way- be embarrassing oh, for sorry, sorry. you sorry to get drilled Oh. By Mizzou.
7: Say of go. it, the waste of time that was the winter meetings. They should have a trade deadline at the end of the winter meetings, and then you can't trade again until the start of the regular season.
3: Oh, I, w- yeah. I would say January 15th because you'd hate to have a situation where like, players couldn't sign as free agents. So yeah. maybe January 15th or, or February 1st, but yeah, not the beginning of the season.
6: Mm hmm.
3: Thank you, Matthew. Oh, we got thank off. you very much for your <laughs> time. <text. laughs> Coming up, Yachty is officially back. What do you want to see him do for the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN.
6: The smartest way to do your homework.
3: Yadier Molina has officially returned to the organization as a special assistant to President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak. Molina, quote, will provide invaluable help at the major league level as well as spend time with our minor league teams in his new role with the team. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, what would you guys like to see? Brooke, starting with you, Yadier Molina's ultimate role this season to be. And obviously 2025 is a different animal altogether. But for 2024, how would you like to see him utilized?
0: Can you do everything? Um, I think so. Can be around a lot of times? I do want to point out one thing is that – He will be, as you announced there, the special assistant to the president of baseball operations. Didn't somebody else have that same job title here recently? Joe McEwing. So Joe McEwing also is going to be the special assistant to the president of baseball operations. So what does that mean for Joe McEwing? I guess he still will be doing that. That's what some of the reporters were saying. He will still be doing that job because he's under contract. But it seems like, according to some of the reports yesterday, that Yachty will be in uniform in the dugout at times this season. So when he's around, I would love for him I think he'd be best suited helping the catchers helping Wilson Contreras helping Yvonne Herrera of what that preparation looks like going into games showing them you know what the work they need to do with the pitchers how to even build those relationships better with the pitchers because in turn not only does that help the catchers but I feel like it will help the pitchers a lot too when you really need to settle in with the starting rotation so we don't have those same issues that we saw last season so that's how I think he would be best suited
4: I'm just intrigued to see how it plays out I mean if he's they like I said, in a suit one day and then in a uniform the next day. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I, it's going to be intriguing because I think when you are a manager or a coach or in that dugout, in that clubhouse, it's something that needs to be, you know, consistent every single day for the most part because there are things that change, you know, from day to day, week to week. And so you could be missing out on some some vital information that you could get personally as opposed to secondhand if you aren't in the dugout. Um, so. I don't know how this how this all plays out. I don't know what this means for the future of Yadier Molina. I don't know what this means for the future of the St. Louis Cardinals in terms of where he's going to be and what he's going to do. But I do agree with you, Brooke, the The amount of um, information that he can bring to a pitching staff, to a catching, to to a catcher, a catcher that you know had a rough time last year and Wilson Contreras just going through you know the transition of coming from Chicago and being here and all of the things that were said to him and then you have a younger catcher in Herrera who can he can assist as well so it does help this team tremendously but It's going to be intriguing just to see what role he exactly is in. And Mo
3: said that his role is not going to be at the major and minor league levels simply catching specific, which is good. But I would hope his primary role is developing a template for Blake Shelton and the pitchers as to how (laughs) to (laughs) build a game plan for each game. Okay, so Yachty in spring training. Goes to Dusty Springfield and Contreras and says, okay, here's how we did it when I was here, when we won all the time. And I, I would hope that they are able to glean some of that great winning knowledge that he was able to access and provide over the course of the years?
0: You you need to. And just watching Yadier Molina when he was working with the catchers, with everybody in spring training, I mean, he is truly a magnetic person. He's very quiet. I think a lot of people media-wise can attest to that. But the way that he's just able to command the attention of people, his resume, of course, speaks for itself. But just because you have that big resume doesn't mean that you have that charisma, that personality to really have people gravitate towards you. And Yadier has the ability to do that, which I think is what has helped him build that relationship with the pitchers and maybe what kind of made the pitchers a little bit spoiled. For So when you go from Yachty to another catcher that you haven't built all that up with, where Yachty made it so easy for the pitchers, of course you're going to have some things that do not go well. Mm-hmm. You can't have that pitch-com issue happen again next season where it can really divide the room again. I thought this was funny. Somebody put in on YouTube, um, can Yachty control the pitch-com pitch com from Puerto Rico? Is that possible? That'd be nice. That'd be, That'd be very nice. helpful. But I think Yanni being around helping, I don't think it's coincidence. And I know the Cardinals have made it very clear during these meetings. They say that clubhouse culture was not an issue. But then you're bringing in a lot of veteran presence, including having Yachty or Molina back. You have Lance Lynn with his personality. He's like a bulldog. You have Kyle Gibson, a veteran personality. Sonny Gray, a fiery veteran personality. And now Yachty back. I don't think it's coincidence that you're bringing around a lot of guys that can really corral a clubhouse better.
3: And I... I love the self-awareness of Mo in this instance. He wrote and he said, Derek Gould wrote this today at STLToday.com. Mo Zalak said the Cardinals underestimated how much the absence of Molina and Albert Pools would change the clubhouse from 2022 to 2023. Coming out of the last play season, the front office prioritized adding those veteran presences that you talked about, Brooke, if not the specific presences. That retired. So having Yachty as a presence in that clubhouse, and he's not so far removed that he doesn't garner a ton of respect in that room. He can make a difference. I I wish he was going to be there on a regular basis, but I I think his limited presence, and especially presence in
4: spring training to help develop a game plan for Ali and the coaching staff, will be a huge benefit. Can I just say that the fact that you didn't realize the importance of actual people— in comparison to looking at a, a piece of paper and saying, well, the analytics tell me that uh, if he has this war over this number of games <laughs> and this, this batting average, we should be equivalent to what... It's not how it works, man. People matter. And when you have a a a player, which you said with the charisma of a Yadier Molina, mm. the, the, the Riz, the is presence. that what they call it Oh, the, the Riz. riz. Yeah. That's the word of the, the year, the riz, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Of a Yadier Molina. You have a guy that is able to... You know, be in 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 a lot of places at at the same time, and and help a lot of players at the same time, and so that is important to a locker room, to a clubhouse, to a team having veteran leadership that is that has people willing to listen and buy in. If your two superstar players at the corners aren't talkers, then you have to have someone that is a talker.
3: And Kerry, I wonder if that's where the Cardinals misread things. If they thought that. Arenado and Goldie were just being deferential to Pujols and Molina and didn't realize that they wouldn't rise to the occasion as leaders.
0: Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt really kind of strike me more just observing. This is what I've observed. They're more lead by example guys. Mm -hmm. Haven't you noticed, even if you listen to Sonny Gray in his press conference where he's just talking about that laser focus, he's not going to make friends with you know guys on the other side, which I mean, of course, but still like hearing that competitive nature he has. We had Kyle Gibson on. He's willing to talk ball like when everyone you can tell that he is a very charismatic guy as well and then that lance was... lynn all the stories i've heard about lance lynn i mean that's a guy who does not mess around whatsoever and then you bring Yanni back in the fold i think that that those were voices that were really needed nolan Arnato and paul goldschmidt are leaders just a different type of leader that i think maybe they're looking for something who's or people who are a little bit more vocal
3: if you are the opposition you don't want to fight the Cardinals, but you especially don't want to get in a fight on those nights where Yachty's in the dugout.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> you, you should. I can't wait for that. When does that happen? That think? will be fun. I, I want season? to see
3: it. I, I don't. Will it be the Cubs or the Reds that Ooh. the Cardinals get in the fight with? I, I love,
0: I always think about the Reds one, for yeah.
4: sure. Johnny yeah. Cueto. Yeah. Johnny
3: Cueto. <laughs> so uh, Yachty is back, and that's a good thing. Isn't the rule that if there's
7: another guy with neck tattoos, everyone just has to stepped at the side and they just duke it out on the
3: pitcher's mound? One-on-one. Yep. (laughs) That's the way it should be. Yachty is back. Coming up, get your text in for take it or leave it 314 399 9646 314 Yo-ho! Tioli is next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want
1: to say something? Want to put it out there? you can take it if you don't set it right back get your text in to 314-399-9646 and give us
2: your take it or leave it brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty visit Gloria has the and start packing that's my final author take it or leave it
3: Carrie, Randy Matthew, the text line you for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN Guys, Deshaun Jackson who just retired from the NFL, made more than $91 million over the course of his career uh, says his financial ambitions are much greater than the $91 million. He says he wants to be on the same level as Magic Johnson. Take it or leave it. Eh, maybe not.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh, man, oh. He's talking Randy oh, man. He's talking about <laughs> philanthropic uh, ideas and, and working in communities and okay. maybe getting Starbucks in houses
3: take it or leave around it. the country. Take it or leave it. Deshaun Jackson goes to the Starbucks people and says, you know what, I'm kind of like Magic. I want to do what he did for, with his name. Uh, and uh, take it or leave it, Starbucks says, who? Who are
6: you? <laughs> oh,
0: Brandy.
3: I'm just saying that I think Magic may have been a, he might have had a little bit more star power oh, than well, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah,
4: he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely did. There we go. <laughs> so, I don't know. You all probably have been paying attention to the saga of the New York Jets. They have been just kind of wandering around throughout the season, season aimlessly um, on football fields every Sunday. Their starting quarterback, who became their backup quarterback, who became their third quarterback, and now they want him to be their starting quarterback again And Zach Wilson, initially said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And then he said, okay, I'll do it. Take it or leave it. I wouldn't want to play behind that offensive line either. Dang it.
0: Yeah, no, I am I would take it. But I mean, it sounds like he is going to come back. I just want to understand yeah, where those reports now. came from, which it came from very credible reporters, by the way. Well, this wasn't just something that was thrown around on social media. It definitely came from somebody. So uh, where did those reports come from?
3: That's what Aaron Rodgers is mad about, because he knows that the reports are accurate, that the that these writers are not just making stuff up and no. Roger said
4: we got to find out who who's leaking. and we got to get rid of them. Uh, you're go. not going to get rid of them. I don't know. You, you, you got to find out who it is. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah. I mean, reporters do a really good job mm-hmm. of keeping their sources yeah. close to the vest. That's the only way they're going to be able to keep getting information.
0: Unless so, their job's on the line.
4: What you need to do is, that is how give, that works? give, give <laughs> fake information to one person. That's how you see that. it. Oh. That is
0: that
4: that, that that is how it usually works. hear that. Yeah, it's fifty-two other men in that locker room. You gotta figure out well and it could be front office people too. There you go. You never know.
0: <laughs> Take it or leave it, guys. I don't know if you saw this story yesterday, but a former Jaguars employee was accused of stealing more than twenty two million yeah. dollars from the team. Take it or leave it. Yeah. You kinda wanna see if they have any job openings. <laughs> Take
4: it, yeah. Twenty two million Use Some of the money for a condo, a Tesla, cryptocurrency, that probably didn't go well. Chartering <laughs> private jets, luxury hotel stays, a country club membership, and luxury wristwatches.
0: What If I don't, you're what was do his it, job.
4: Do it big. Do it. Yeah.
0: What was his job that they didn't He's notice? A financial like
4: financial employee. Yeah. And
0: they were like, "Oh, this is a little weird. He's over, taking like private jets all over the place over a
4: four four year period. Twenty two minutes
3: very impressive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now
4: everybody wants to go work well, for the done. NFL. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well done. Take it or leave it, you're more impressed by Bradford stealing $50 million from the Rams.
4: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He came into that office. Give me everything you got. (laughs) Give it all to me. I want it (laughs) all.
6: Sam, is that you? No, 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 no. It's not Sam. Oh,
7: man. All you had to do was just, you know, like move like 15 yards away from him. He would have missed you. Oh,
4: probably. There you go.
3: (laughs) Oh, you know who did that, by the way? Remember, Dante Hall. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, Dante Hall signed a contract with the Rams and then decided he didn't want to play. So he wouldn't do anything. He would fake injuries and everything. Man, what, what a dog. <laughs> good. good.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know.
3: Yeah, he was. He, he just didn't want to play. It's a, that's fine. His career was over and he, he just wanted to come in and steal a paycheck and he did. It's unfortunate when that
7: happened. The human joystick was playing a different game. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. The best STL clubhouse presence ever Orlando Zapata. Two years, two pennants. Yeah,
4: it's pretty good. Uh, you know that's uh, could be happenstance. That happens. It, it's good. You want you do want guys that know how to win, that have one
6: mm-hmm.
4: on your roster. Guys that are leaders, mm-hmm. men.
7: It's hard. Take it or leave it. It would require a total organizational change in philosophy for Yadi to become the manager of this Cardinals team. I will take that. Ooh. Yes, I will take. That. I
0: will take it. Um, Yadi's going to do it his way. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's did it for my sure.
4: I, <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know if it is. it will take it, yeah. But, but part of me wants to leave it because it feels like it, even if it doesn't, even if they don't take to it, they're going to have to take to it. it <laughs> like, you may not want to do this, but if you were to hire him as your manager, you know, he's going to do it the hell he so wants to do. He's the
3: manager. And at two o'clock before the first game of the season, the analytics guys come downstairs with their suits and their ties. They aren't wearing ties, one of them is. Uh, and they say, okay, here's here's the way this game's going to go. Guy yeah, says, what you talking about? What, what Mang? What you, talk, what, what you talking about? And they say, well, we, we script out every game. We've got these numbers that you have to abide by. Uh, can you do this?
4: Hand that to me. I'm going to show you what okay, he's doing. Here,
3: yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. This is a paper that's got. <laughs> yeah, he'll say. Cash. Uh, he'll say, Poppy, I don't have time it. for this. And he'll, he'll kick the suits out and they can go back upstairs. Yep.
0: That's hundred percent what would happen. Yeah. Thanks for
4: nothing. Yeah. Yanni not would day. just
0: say nothing. He would just give you the stare. He'd give you the stare. Yeah. Words yeah. would not even be right. said. He would just give you the stare.
4: Yeah.
7: I think uh, this text, Randy, is coming from ESPN Plus's Bradford Doolittle. Take it or leave it. The prospects the Padres got from the Yankees for Soto end up being better than the prospects they gave up to acquire Soto. I think I'm
3: gonna leave that. So well,
7: they
3: yeah. won the trade. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that uh, with Abrams and Gore and the, their best prospect isn't even up with them yet. I would suggest that uh, no, that will not be the case. That the Nationals will be the ultimate Juan Soto winners. Although if the Yankees re-sign Soto, which is certainly a possibility, uh, uh, that's a possibility that that could happen too. But no, I, I don't think that the uh, I, I would be stunned if in the long term uh, the Padres would wind up winning this. And by the way, James Wood is the other uh, outfielder that the Nationals got from the Padres in the in the Soto trade, and he's apparently just a stud. And so is Robert Hassel III. the third. Top three prospects for the Nationals are all people that they got from that trade. Take it or leave it. Toriano
7: Pride is just the first domino. St. Louis area players are going to flock back to Mizzou through the transport
4: portal after this season. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take, take
0: it. it. Oh, you're going to take that? Yeah, that Toriano was
4: a was right a, was is a you know, really good player. Yes. Uh, good player in high school, good player, good kid, too. So happy for him to be able to come home and family be able to come see him a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. That's
0: yeah. exciting. And that's huge for Mizzou and Eli Drinkwitz to be gotta able to replace, land him.
3: Yeah, Got to replace a couple of NFL uh, cornerbacks, mm-hmm. right? So they might as well get another NFL cornerback. Got to get another one in the in the
4: portal, too.
0: Now find a I'm running sure back. They
4: gotta, I'm sure they have their eyes on a lot of players that they'll be able to this transfer portal is is absurd man I, I was listening to some Purdue has 24 kids in the transfer portal oh
0: my god like
4: oh. a fourth of your team mm-hmm. a third of your team like it, it's, it's a 50% jump from last year it's ridiculous man and and the whew, that transfer portal is got to have some rules well I mean the rules you can, you can get in there if you want to but players need to know That it's not a guarantee that you're going to get signed. There are so many kids that go into the portal Mm -hmm. and don't get signed. And the moment you go into the portal, your scholarship for the current school is gone. Right, right. So you can't go back. I actually know a kid, this was some years ago, where he jumped into the portal, didn't get signed anywhere, and went to class in the second semester, Mm -hmm. and his mother got a bill Mm -hmm. and didn't realize, what what the hell is this? Uh, What is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it you have to you 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 have to be aware of your situation and aware of all of the possibilities if you decide to make that leap.
3: How about a rule that you can jump, but then the second time you try to jump, you have to
4: sit out a year. Uh, I mean,
3: I, because what what's happening with the portal? Well, if effect, it's the second it's, time, it's they're going to be
4: seniors by that time, and they're going to be, you know juniors or seniors later in, well, their, in their career. Yeah, but I, I'm just
3: saying if you want to preserve the product, if you're college football and you want to preserve the product and have a level of continuity, I would think it would be somewhat of a deterrent for kids to say oh, I'm just like the JT Daniels who wind up going to four schools in five years. I, I, That's just stupid. And if you're a team like you lose 24 guys, now Dion wanted that to happen, but if you're a team that wants to build some continuity and you lose 24 guys, you're screwed. So maybe you lose half that many if, if a player has transferred already once and then they have to sit out a year of sports the next year
4: you figure something out you got to preserve the product because the product is
3: it's it's flagging because of this
0: but at the end of the day they are adults that are allowed to make their own decisions and you kind of have to live with the consequences right of your own decisions Mm -hmm. so whether it's a good decision or not we all did that in college right like we made decisions that didn't work out but it was a hard life lesson and that's what this seems to be in this situation with the transfer portal
3: and when you look at the guys that mizzou is losing they're probably pretty happy about it, actually, because none of the really important Mizzou players are are in the transfer portal at the moment. Yeah. Uh, that is take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our fresh take, our our brief winter meetings wrap up uh, coming your way on 101 ESPN.
2: <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories.
1: It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take.
8: Uh, you know, with the five that they have in position right now, I think they're good enough to win NL Central. I don't think they're good enough to compete with Philly. I don't think they're good enough to compete with the Dodger team with Shohei. Uh, You know, I don't know that they're good enough to compete with the Braves team. I I really think that, you know, I I know this is going to make Cardinal fans mad, but I really think they're throttling down. They think they have their starting pitching, um, you know, and they're going to focus, they're focusing on the bullpen right now.
3: That is MLB.com's John Denton talking about the Cardinals at the winter meetings. And I don't disagree with what he says. Their actions seem to indicate that they're happy with the moves that they've made with the starting rotation. That they admit that they need to go out and get a couple, or at least one relief pitcher. They did take one in the Rule 5 draft yesterday from the Boston organization, a young right-hander by the name of Fernandez. But my guess would be that the Cardinals, as John Denton put it, are throttling down here. And the baseball winter meetings are concluded now, so uh, those face-to-face meetings with agents and other teams aren't going to take place anymore. I kind of think, and this was reported last night, that the White Sox might be asking a little bit too much for Dylan Cease.
0: That, that seems to be the case.
3: Yeah, and if, if I'm the Cardinals, I think based on my recent history with prospects, I would go there. I, I, I don't think I would have much trouble getting the is... For the might be.
4: What is too much, in your opinion? What would be... I mean, obviously, I think four players on this roster are would be too much. Mm-hmm. Walker, Wynn, Goldie, Arnauto. But other than that, is there a too much?
0: Well, the reports seem to be that they're wanting top prospects, right? right. So yeah. would that be... I mean, a Thomas, a J.C., a Tink Hentz. I mean, there's a lot of different things that they could be asking for. But if they're reporting top prospects, then it seems like a lot of the guys that maybe the Cardinals see as a part of the future of their organization. So I do get that to some extent. And maybe the Cardinals were kind of hoping it would be a guy who's currently on this roster because you still have this outfield logjam that they have to figure out. They are probably hoping they could – package that maybe with some prospects but not a lot of your top right. prospects or i mean not a few prospect, of your yes yeah. exactly
3: and uh, nbc sports chicago uh reporting that one of the packages that they asked for from the reds were were uh, the top four top prospects including right-handed pitcher Rhett louder and right-handed pitcher chase petty number nine and 11 position prospects as well and the socks uh According to Bruce Levine, would get more as the market shakes out. So if if you're the Cardinals and you are asked for, let's just say your top two pitching prospects. Let's let's just right now uh, two that you have drafted and brought into the organization, Grisefo and McGreevy, plus two position prospects that are not have not made the major leagues yet. Would you go there? Would you do it?
4: Grisefo and McGreevy, Mm -hmm. and two two other uh, prospects that have not made the majors yet. Yeah. So would that be like a Victor Scott? Uh, Chase yeah. Davis? Let's, let's put yeah. Victor
3: Scott in there. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be Chase Davis. Let's uh us uh, uh, they Did you say wanna, they, they don't want to... So let's go Sajasi. 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 Okay, yes. Yeah. So let's say Would you that? do that? Sajasi.
0: That's tough, which oh, I know... It, is. It is, I'm sure there's some people who are listening who are like, but you're ready to give up Gorman for Dylan Cease? Why are you mulling I, over I, this I, I a little now. bit more. I now. I
4: probably would do that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's, about, it's just...
0: It's hard because I was kind of hoping that maybe you could have packaged some of these position players that you still have when it comes to the outfield depth. I was kind of hoping that maybe that could be a part of this more than anything. But the top prospects... Always hard to part with, but you haven't seen them in the majors yet, right. so they're even a huge question mark of if they'll ever shake out. With Dylan Cease, if you're saying you want to win in 2024, then you have to figure out a way to get him there, even if it's at the expense of those top prospects. We
3: had our friend uh, from ESPN on earlier, Jesse Rogers, towards the end of the season, and I asked him if he thought that Gorman and Grisafeo would do it. And he said, "Yeah, I think that would be good, Gorman Grisafeo, and then." Out of your top 30, I think that there's people in the organization that believe McGreevy is their best starting pitching prospect.
0: Yes. And Uh, with Dylan Cease, here's the thing is, young, and mm -hmm. so you'll be able to bring him in, you have a lot of one-year deals. We're talking about the age of the starting rotation. You have to figure out, even just winning next season, but then even past that, Dylan Cease can be a part of that starting rotation moving forward past next season.
3: It takes me a long time to puke with Dylan Cease. My puke point is is way down the line. (laughs)
4: What
0: would it take to make you puke for Dylan Cease?
3: Well if we're going to go i'm not including walker and win if they're going to ask for walker or win i'm I'm not going there would i do tink hence yes would i do to roby yes would i do Grisefo? yes Would i do jerpy you know why let me give you a couple of reasons why alex reyes jack flaterty uh i can go through history i can go mm-hmm. through carlos martinez i can go through andy rincon i can go through john fulgham i can go through Even Matt Morris. Would I have given up Matt Morris? Uh, Yeah, because he got hurt. Now, he was great. He wound up being great. But I can go through Cardinal history of young pitchers that uh, Anthony Reyes was as highly regarded as... Not not as highly regarded as Alex Reyes, but Anthony Reyes was supposed to be a front-of-the-rotation guy. And here's the big thing, though. If you're at the Cardinals over the last decade, what, weren't you spend, supposed to spend the last five years with Alex Reyes and Jack Flaherty being yes, the front of yep. your rotation? Mm-hmm. So, that was the plan. Yeah. So will I roll the dice on those guys failing rather than succeeding? I will for a guy that's already succeeded.
0: We're already being told we're crazy right now. So they oh, said, we are. y'all are crazy. Not a chance.
3: Not a, you're, That's right. That's right. Because the Cardinals still, uh, until they don't do it, they hoard their top prospects. They, they didn't hoard their top prospects when they made the trades for Arenado and Goldschmidt. But, yes, they do hoard their top prospects. Hell, they're having trouble finding a home for uh, Tyler O'Neill, who they, whom they've loved for a long time, as a, as a player. So, yeah, I, I would be very surprised if the Cardinals would make that deal. And, as John Denton said, they seem satisfied.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is that you have to figure out the starting rotation, just not next season, but moving forward. And right. Dylan Cease can provide that, because... I mean, with these one-year deals, who knows how they'll pan out? And the Cardinals will be in this exact same position after next season. So, Possibly. at least having a, a young guy like Dylan Cease there in your starting rotation takes away one of those things. Well, and
3: by the way, we should note that the Cubs appear to be the front runners for the services of Tyler Glass
4: now. Now, oh, mm. see, so uh, they moving, want starting pitching to too. It.
0: Moving, we'll see. Yeah. We'll
4: see what uh, it, we'll see what the Cardinals are. We think that they're done. For the offseason. they're probably not going to make any more decisions, decisions or any more trades. And I think we kind of heard that that possibly this is a team that can get them to the trade deadline and see where they are, and then maybe make a deal for a Dylan Cease, depending That's what on it where, feels like. where things are. Yeah, like you want to see. I mean, I think spring training is going to be important for some of those younger guys as well. See who they are, what they are, are they capable of making the team and helping in 2024?
3: That's your fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up. Yesterday we asked who the Blues whipping boy is and it was kind of a tie right between Jordan Cairo and Tory, Tory Crew. crew. Mm-hmm. Today, who's the Cardinals whipping boy? And who's deciding who the whipping boy is? That's next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: for a sports team and earn that moniker you don't have to be a good player that winds up being unfairly maligned by the fan base and i thought last year uh, Gio gallegos earned the title of whipping boy he got whipped a lot by cardinal fans and he was not that good Gio wasn't i think the other one that maybe is unfairly maligned here because there are things out of his control that are Hurting him is Dylan Carlson. I don't think that we as a fan base, as a group, realize how talented Dylan Carlson is, and we've made a judgment on him because of injuries over the last couple of years. Scary thing for me is if Dylan Carlson winds up somewhere else and decides, not decides, but is able to become healthy, I think he becomes a really good player. And I, I don't think that Cardinal fans recognize the talent level that he possesses.
0: I think that people do, because I have definitely seen a lot of fans who feel like he hasn't gotten a fair opportunity, even despite the injuries, but some of the other stuff that has happened, especially we saw him this last season. But I think that he's more of maybe even the Cardinals whipping boy because they're the ones who seem to go from cold, dead hands to he's fallen out of favor so quickly in the organization eyes. But I feel like the whipping boy, the Cardinals whipping boy, is Tyler O'Neal.
3: So inside the organization,
0: yes, the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Boy. I'm the not saying Cardinals that... fans. I'm saying okay. the Cardinals so, whipping. Boy. So
3: John Mozilla and Ali Marmal have decided. You know what? We don't want anything to do with this guy. Okay, so that I think that's fair. I do. I
0: think it's pretty clear. I mean, and it's, it's pretty crystal clear, clear based yeah. off of their yeah. comments, especially yeah. it seems like they're to try trying to find yep. any way to, to move him. I mean, everything that happened last season, you had the kerfuffle with Ollie and Tyler O'Neal. And then you have the comments from Ollie at the end of the season about weeding out these bad guys. And then you have Ryan Helsley You played that sound recently mm-hmm. of what he said on foul territory, which kind of played into what Ollie said. And then at the trade deadline, they make it clear they might as well have put up a sign that said... Tyler O'Neill, give us some offers, take him away from us, essentially.
3: If you're going to do all that, and baseball people know what other teams are saying, if you're going to denigrate a guy to that level, publicly even, early in the season,
4: why would you tender him when you've given everybody the answers to the test? Because they thought that he would be valuable to other people. Not valuable here. Because he does have all of the potential in the world. He's shown it in spurts and flashes. And again, last season he showed you during a, a what was a two, three week span where mm-hmm. you're like, Man, this guy could be a MVP top ten MVP candidate. But mm-hmm. then he got hurt. And then he said, Oh, my knees hurt. I can't play on turf. And so you you have a guy with all of the ability in the world. And that's how I feel about Dylan Carlson. I don't think you should be or could or, or I don't think you should be afraid to trade away a guy based on his performance here. Sometimes it's just not the right spot, right environment. And if he if he does go elsewhere and have a successful career, you tip your cap and say, man, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. You couldn't get it done here for whatever reason, but you're able to get it done elsewhere.
3: And here's the thing. I, I don't disagree with a word that you said, but – the Cardinals devalued him with their words. And I I haven't sensed that with, and I might be wrong here, I have not sensed that with Carlson, where they have shown outward disdain for carlson's effort or ability to get on the field or desire to get on the field i i have sensed that with tyler o'neill and that's why i wonder why they 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 tell everybody yeah we don't really think he's hustling we don't you know we, we don't think a lot of him but we still want you to trade for him
0: but when dylan carlson returned from injury who was the cardinals starting center fielder still even when dylan carlson came back Tommy Edmond. Exactly. So I think that's the Cardinals kind of insinuating that they see more value in Tommy Edmond than they did in Dylan Carlson. So maybe they weren't using their words, but their actions showed something different.
3: Use your words.
0: I
4: think, yeah, (laughs) uh, Dylan Carlson, I I think, again, is a good player. uh, Tyler O'Neill, he he is, you don't have to say outwardly that he's not hustling around third base. We got eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We could see it. So It's not like it was a secret to the other franchises or the other organizations when Ali said, that's not good enough for us. Every team that watched that play or that moment or went back to look at it and said, yeah, that's not as fast as I've ever seen Tyler O'Neal run. I've seen him run at top speed before, and he would have made it home on that play. So for me, calling out a player is not as egregious as I think some people make it out to be. Because... When you're in the locker room, when you're in a clubhouse, when you're watching film, when you're going and studying yourselves and what you did in the game before or what you need to do for the next game, you're looking at yourself and taking a critical you know, uh, a view of things and saying, hey, this needs to be better. That's not good enough. Every man in that room knows it. And so if people are, are – you would be doing a, your fans a disservice to think that they're not intelligent enough to watch and see that that wasn't a hustle play by Tyler O'Neill.
3: I thought last year – Adam Wainwright unfairly took the brunt of being the whipping boy. You know, people say, "Oh, he's oh, stealing money. Fans. He shouldn't have come back. He should have retired." Not
0: all of Cardinals fans, right? Eh,
4: eh, I felt like it. I've I've started to learn
0: there's a difference between real Cardinals fans, and I think this goes for every team, right? I feel like there's a difference between real Cardinals fans and then the social media Mm -hmm. Cardinals fans. So I don't know if I truly believe that everybody felt like that, but definitely if you looked at social media, I mean, Adam Wainwright was on our show and talked about how he had to kind of step away from social media for a little bit because it was just becoming too much. We saw on the text line people saying he was stealing money from the organization Mm -hmm. like he was that Jaguars employee or something, you know? (laughs) I mean... <laughs> that's a, that's what I I don't know I I think that that's a good one because you definitely saw kind of the hate come from yeah. that last we are, season we are
4: we are missing it because the whipping boy for the St Louis Cardinals is still and was all last year Ali Marmol yep
0: and oh,
6: there, yeah. and there is yep. no other no name
4: go. on the on the roster in the organization it's Ali what about it, the the Pobo I don't think he gets it more than than Ali did last year. That, I mean, just the fact that they were every single night. He's need. He's done. He needs to be fired. It's not his fault that the damn reliever came in and threw. You know, gave up three hits. He didn't have that on his on his sheet when he decided to put that person in. And and for him, each night it was a. They were taking turns. They were like, oh, I'll do it tonight, mm-hmm. guy. Hold my beer. I got this one. And so mm-hmm. you never knew which direction to go based on how poorly the players were performing night in and night out. But he was the one that kept getting the calls, hey, he needs to be gone, he needs to be out of here.
0: That's the thing is, well, any when you have a 91-loss season, everybody's going to look at who's in charge, right? So that's going to be on Mosellock, that's going to be on Oli Marmall. but then there were so many things that just happened last season that should have not have gotten out into the public. Going back to that Tyler O'Neill situation, I 100% agree with what you're saying about, I've seen, we've all seen managers and coaches call out certain players. Craig Ruby does it all the time, but then you could tell that there was a personal rift there because there was times that other players also were not doing their part. There was times that Nolan Arenado was kind of loafing it last season. We saw that, but then you didn't see the same response from Ali Marmol into the media with those same comments. It was very obvious that there was personal ties there, and with Ollie, I think that he understands that that is part of the job. I think that if you spoke to him about it, he understands why fans are not happy. It comes with the territory, especially when you have a season that bad happen and it's under your watch. You're going to look at Ollie. You're going to look at John Moselleck. Like you're going to even look at the veteran players and young players in that clubhouse because something did not work out. And that's inexcusable. So, of course, everybody's going to be looking for answers of who to blame there. And
3: Ollie coming back, and this is just a fact, it's not... A shot, but the last Cardinal manager that lost 90 games and came back the next season was Rogers Hornsby in 1917. The team lost 93 (laughs) games in 1916. He comes back in 17. Otherwise, no (laughs) other Cardinal manager that lost 90 games since then, 1917, has survived a 90-win season and come back the next year. In
7: fairness, Ali Marmol, Hall of Fame lover player.
3: So, you know, you, you give
7: him the same kind of, you know, same, same, same. Oh, so they, yeah, they same were situation. Situation. Hornsby. Yeah, a, little, a little, little rope. Yeah, a little yeah. rope because you know, Rogers freaking Hornsby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's> fair enough. <laughs>
0: <Not> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so, it's, it's, we got,
3: yeah. For, you know what? He's hopefully, and by the way, like 1990, Whitey retired and, and uh, never managed again. Uh, the 1978 team, that was Ken Boyer. Uh, hold on, let me go back to. Was it eight? I know. Here we go. Uh, yeah, 69, 69 and 93. Uh, Vern Rapp started that season and was fired during the season, so he's the manager of record. So, yeah, there's uh, not much precedent. 1976, Red Chain was the manager, they lost 90 games, and he didn't return the next year. So, yeah, th- this is a, a break from Cardinal tradition, and hopefully, it winds up being. A great move because as Mo said, he's still bullish on Ollie, who's very young, still mm-hmm. the youngest manager in baseball. Hopefully, Ollie can uh, turn things around and get him going this year and be the Cardinal <sighs> manager for 30 years. We'll see. Yep. Win he- more games
4: than Tony. Uh, yeah, we got to win more games than you did last year. Let's start, That's the- Please. Let's start with That's <laughs> true. let Please. <laughs> it's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight. Matthew, do you need,
3: do you need a fight or do you have one? Yes, we do. Uh, you need to text in then to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO with your name and the word fight. And perhaps Matthew will pick you to challenge me in the fight next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the
1: fight! In
2: the red corner, Average Joe
1: Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive!
4: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Preston. Preston, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. doing? Wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker?
3: I guess as ready as I'll ever be.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Who holds the all-time Major League Baseball record with 399 home runs as a catcher? Is it Pudge Rodriguez, Johnny Bench, or Mike Piazza? Uh, we'll go Mike Piazza.
0: The NBA's MVP award is now named after named after five-time winner Michael Jordan. Kareem is the all-time leader with six, but who is the only other player to match MJ with five? Is it Whit Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, or Bill Russell? Uh, I'll go Bill Russell. The
4: 1999 Open Championship featured the largest comeback in golf major history, with this golfer coming back from 10 strokes back with, to win in an eventual three-man playoff. Is it Justin, Justin Leonard, Mark O'Meara, or Paul Lowry?
5: Um,
1: we'll go Justin Leonard.
0: Besides Pistol Pete Maravich, there is only one other player in college basketball history to score more than 33 points per game across their whole career. Which eventual NBA legend did it? Is it Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson, or Elvin Hayes?
9: I'll go
3: Oscar Roberts.
0: All right, we will double-check the score, and we will bring
4: in Randy Carricker. Preston, how you feel? Not great. No? Okay. Well, it, uh, again, it's tougher when you're in the in the fire, in the midst of it, as opposed to just calling in and listening. I, I mean, just listening on the radio. Hopefully, okay. it's better than you think. Randy came in. He got a whole bag of grapes. You get those from Snooks, Randy? Yes, sir. Okay, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Big old bag of grapes. Ready to
4: say hello to Preston. Preston, good morning. How are you doing?
3: Good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you. Randy, you ready? Ready. Who holds the all-time Major League Baseball record with 399 home runs as a catcher?
3: I'm saying that uh, it's 399? Yes. Almost 400? Almost. You think they were all legit?
4: Legit as in going over the fence or legit as in enhanced? Enhanced. Uh, man, oh. maybe. Uh,
3: so Johnny Bench hit 389 home runs. Okay. But uh, I think Mike Piazza may be the guy that uh, holds the all-time record for home runs by a catcher. So you saying they're not legit, potentially? I just asked the question. Okay. He's just in the wondering. Hall of Fame. <laughs> nah, the wondered. writers who uh, set that standard about whether or not somebody used, they have set the
4: standard that he didn't. Huh, well, there you go. If they said it, then yep. it must be true. Yep, <laughs> It right. must be true. <laughs> yep.
0: How about that? The NBA's MVP award is now named after five-time winner Michael Jordan. Kareem is the all-time leader with six, but who is the only other player to match MJ with five?
3: Five most valuable player awards. I'm going to uh, roll the dice on it being Bill Russell.
4: All right. The 1999 Open Championship featured the largest comeback in golf major history with this golfer coming back from 10 strokes back to win in an eventual three-man playoff.
3: I think I know this CD, but I'm going to do the Lifeline just in case. Justin Leonard. I don't think so. Mark O'Meara. Paul Lowry. Paul Lowry was the name that came to mind for me. I don't know why, but hopefully that's the one because I'm going to go with Paul Lowry. Final answer
0: besides Pistol Pete Maravich there's only one other player in college basketball history to score more than 33 points per game across their whole career which eventual NBA legend did it?
3: 33 a game Pistol Pete was one of them um hmm uh, Hersey Hawkins never wound up being an NBA legend so I'm not going to go with him Bradley he was he, he could shoot it man it's
7: uh, a good deep cut, Randy. Oh,
3: thank you. Uh, I think I... Okay, they didn't have the three-pointer back in the 60s, but Pete Maravich didn't play with the three-pointer. Um, I'm going to try 33 per game over the course of his career. Uh, I'm going with a big man here. It's either going to be Kareem or Wilt. I think I'll go with Wilt Wilt Chamberlain Wilt the Stilt
7: Alright this is a very close fight So close in fact we gotta go to a tiebreaker Alright the rules of the tiebreaker Are simple Preston I will read out the question We will give Randy Carricker a moment To write down his answer We will then get your answer audibly And whoever is closest to the pin Is going to be the winner of this fight Do you understand those rules Preston? Yep Okay, Randy Kirkwood, do you understand the rules?
3: I understand the rules. Do you rules. have paper? I have paper. Okay, so here's <laughs>
7: Okay, so here's how this is going to work.
3: I got a pen that works too. You're going to That's the, good.
7: your answer is going to be three numbers. Okay. And there's going to be a decimal point after the first number, but then I'm going to need two numbers after the decimal point. Oh,
3: 3.14.
7: That's uh, it's a great example of what your number should look like with this answer. Hi. What is the highest per game block total in an NBA season? That is a qualified finisher. What is the highest per game block total in an NBA season for one player? So I'm gonna need a per
3: game uh, per block game. Total.
7: What is the highest per game block total in an NBA season? And again, your your answer should be blank point blank blank is how you should phrase your answer. The okay. highest per game block total in a single NBA season. Just a moment, Preston Randy Character is writing down his guess. Okay, Randy Carricker has his guess. Okay, Preston, what is your guess, sir? I'm going to go with 4.23. I'm going to do a little quick math here, Carrie. I, so. <laughs> I actually legitimately have to do <laughs> real math here because this one's actually kind of tricky. <laughs> this one, I thought maybe it would be a little bit closer, but you guys are like you guys are like a hair away from each other on this <laughs> one. So I got to do this math really quick.
0: Do do oh, wait, do sorry. do. Yeah, he there, said 4. You.
7: Point- he said 4.23. Randy character what was your guess? Uh, 7.11. <laughs>
3: okay, do is, we need to go to a second time We breaker? do not.
7: We have a winner after I pulled off the, the math, which, as you can know, can be very, very tricky for some mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm one of them
0: especially in this room. No, mathing mathing is not not a thing that we Yeah, we're, we're not the at. best
7: at mathing. So, we have a winner in today's <laughs> fight. Was it Preston on this Thursday taking down Randy Character with the tiebreaker or does Mega Mind roll on with another victory? Ring
1: that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight. Average Joe Listener.
7: That's why it's close to the pin just by the skin of your teeth on that one, Preston. You were 1.33 off. Randy Carricker was one point five five. Off of the total, Mark Eaton in the late 80s finished the season with a 5.56 blocks per season, the highest ever per game total in an NBA season. So, again, Preston 1.33 away with 4.23 guess. Randy Carricker 1.55 mm-hmm. away with his 7.11 <laughs> guess for blocks per game. So, a 3 3 tie took us to the tiebreaker. And, Preston, you win the fight today. Congratulations.
3: Thank you. Awesome. Good, Good time. job. Your teeth. That was impressive.
7: Let's go through those answers. The all-time MLB record for home runs as a catcher, legit or not, 399 by Mike Piazza. The NBA's MVP award now named after five-time winner Michael Jordan. Kareem has six, and his MJ and Bill Russell with five apiece. The 1999 Open Championship featured the largest comeback in golf major history, with this golfer coming back from 10 strokes to win an eventual three-man playoff. The three-man playoff was Paul Lowry, Justin Leonard, and Jean Velde. It was, in fact, Paul Lowry who came out with the comeback victory. And besides Pistol Pete Maravich, it's MVC legend Oscar Robertson in Cincinnati with 33.8, the only other player across their career. But an incredible pull from Randy in one of the few, one of the eight guys who averaged over 30 in their career in college basketball history from Bradley, Mr. Hershey Hawkins. That oh, was wow. that was an incredible pull on that one. And then of course that took us to the tiebreaker, the highest per game block total in an NBA season by Mark Eaton, 5.56. So Preston, we will talk to you tomorrow on the fight. Thank you so much for joining today.
8: All right. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow.
3: Thank you, Preston. Preston with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Ali Marmol is headed into the last year of his contract, and there are reports that the Cardinals have had no substantive negotiations to extend his contract. Are the Redbirds telegraphing a move here? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Cardinals historically have been reticent to allow a member of their front office, the Pobo GM manager, to head into the last year of a contract without an extension. Tony La Russa did it towards the end of his career because he was older, and he knew because Bill DeWitt had told him. He, w- he could be the Cardinal manager for as long as he wanted. If he wanted a long-term contract, he could do that. He could get a long-term contract, but at that point, Tony had determined that he wanted to go year to year. The Cardinals are in a different situation now because Ollie Marmol is heading into the third year of a three-year contract, and according to reports, uh, Derek Gould and others, there have been no real substantive negotiations about Ollie getting an extension. And even Ali said to MLB Network, hey, if you're good, uh, they'll keep you. Well, now the Cardinals have hired Yadier Molina as a special assistant to the president of baseball operations. My thought process here, guys, is that this is a tell on the part of the Cardinals that you could have just put right next to the title special assistant to president of baseball operations slash manager in
6: waiting.
0: (laughs) That's what it feels like. It does. 100%. And just want to go back to that quote, because that is something that Oli Marmol mentioned, when and they keep you unless you're Mike Schilt, because Mike Schilt <laughs> Boy, won yeah, 17 yeah. games straight, and they decided before even that winning streak that they were going to get rid of him. So I don't know if that's always necessarily True. the case to say win and they keep you, because a lot of other philosophical differences can happen, and Randy, you're 100% right. That is exactly what's happening. I likened it to this whole Arkansas head coach situation, their head football coach. You have Sam Pittman, Pittman and Hunter check goes out there, their and says he's going to be our head coach we're not getting rid of him. He's going to be our head coach next season. All of a sudden, they hire Bobby Petrino, and he's just going to be there. You know Sam Pittman knows, oh, okay, well, just one misstep, and he is right there to take over my job. This is what this feels like, is that Yanni is just there in waiting because what are the things that we were talking about? Well, he needs to get some experience in the dugout. He's also doing all the things. That he needs to do in Puerto Rico of working on being a manager, taking over that job. We know that he was the manager of Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. He's just waiting to be the manager. And his brother even sat here in studio and said he wants to be a Major League Baseball manager. It's just a matter of the right opportunity and time.
4: Yeah, I feel like this is, I mean, I told you all I had a teammate who Called me after we drafted uh, his position in the first mm-hmm. round. He said, Man, it's been fun. It's been <laughs> no, real. No. So what, what you mean, man? He's like, Oh, man, they, they draft your position. The writing's on the wall, sir. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, I hope that that's not the case for Ali. I mean, I hope they go out and win, you know, 100 games and he's in a position to put this team in the World Series. And I think that that's what it's going to take. It's unfortunate because when you are in your final year of a contract, they hire someone who has a, a long history, a great reputation here, um, and, and you know that that person wants to manage in the major leagues. It's a it's a tough situation to be in. But if you're the manager right now, all you can do is your job. You can't focus on what ifs, what could be, what can be, what might be. You just have to do your job every single day. And hopefully you lead this team to a great record and to a playoff run. And if the Cardinals do decide, like they did with Mike Shield, to go in a different direction, then someone else could be looking to hire you. But I, I think that if you're Ali Mamal, this is – this is a tough situation to be in. And these are the types of situations that cause people stress and concern and worry about job security. Do I have it? Do I need to go in and sit down and say, hey, let's, let's revisit this contract situation? And if you get a, a firm no, then you kind of know what the answer is, win or go home. And, and that's essentially what it could become for them.
3: And here's the other thing. If you're Ali Marmol and you've gone this far down the line, last year the Cardinals started 10-24. and 24. Cardinals start 24-10 and 10 and come to him and say, hey, let's talk about an extension. You say, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And see if you can go and win the 100 games yeah. and get to the playoffs. And then you're a 38-year-old free agent manager who just mm. led a team to the playoffs on the heels of a 71-win season. Right. You were able to rebuild the culture, rebuild the winning tradition in St. Louis where they didn't respect you enough to give you the extension before the season. Do you, do you
4: say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good. We can, we, we can wait until after the season. It depends on how good your team is. 20, uh, You're yeah, 24 and 10. If, if, and if you feel like, man, we are we mm-hmm. are really rolling. We got a lot of good pieces. We're hitting the ball well. We're seeing the ball well. We're fielding the ball well. And, you know, pitching has been steady throughout. I think maybe you do. It, it depends on how secure you are with, with where you are. If you feel like, you know, St. Louis is a place you want to be, then nah, you say, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and sign it. But if you feel like, you know what, you all have – Shown me that I'm not your guy by by the way by the actions that you shown me in the past year or the past few months I, I'm gonna take my chances and, and ride this one out.
0: Yeah, because you get more of that power back because you have that yeah. behind you. You have those wins in your arsenal to be able to use that to your advantage. I thought this quote was very interesting from John Moselock. And this was in Derek Gould's Post-Dispatch story where he talks specifically about Ali Marmol and his job security. John Moselock said, I am very bullish on him, but I also work for an owner and we want things to get turned around. He also goes on to say, I'm very optimistic that Ollie is someone who who is going to be around for a long time. Now that does kind of sound like in that line there, right? That there is some pressure from the ownership, right? I that's
3: exactly what I thought, and I, I was I'm glad you brought that up because you don't say that unless you have differing opinions. And I know that Mo, we all know that Mo and ownership don't have differing opinions. But it sounds to me like Mo is bullish. Maybe he does want to sign the extension, but ownership is saying let's pump the brakes on this because why waste our money if uh, if he's not going to be managing us in 2025 why should we be paying him to manage us in 2025
4: the interesting thing is when we talked about doing this segment we didn't have the news that Yadier would be back mm-hmm. yet we had no clue and then that just added another element like you said we had yeah. Benji in here and he was saying you know maybe he'll be around in 24 but 25 he 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 wants to manage uh, in the major leagues and that kind of makes your ears perk up so this whole thing it feels like it could potentially be a, a move towards having Yadier in that position, but if you are if you are Oliver if you are Oliver Marmol, just go win, and everything else will take care of itself. That's the only thing that you have control over. And as athletes, former players, managers, coaches, you know, control what you can control, and you don't worry about the outside factors.
3: And here's my hope as a Cardinal fan who wants to see the team win. I've, I've been a Cardinal fan literally all my life, and I want to see the team win. I would hope that Ali Marmal controls his own destiny to the point where he has his own coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And he's able to actually manage the games and control his own destiny that way. Do I believe that's happening? Absolutely not. I think one of the reasons that Mike Schilt isn't here is because he wanted to control his own destiny. But I I would hope that he gets enough rope, Ali does, like Bruce Bochy does in Texas where they won the world championship this year. Or Dusty Baker did in Houston where they won the world championship the year before. Or Brian Snitger does in Atlanta where they won the world championship the year before that. Or Davey Martinez does in Washington where they won the 2019 championship. I would hope that the Cardinals, when they hire a manager allow him to manage and build his own coaching staff and take his own approach. The Cardinals insist that that's the case, but nobody else in baseball seems to think that it, that it is.
0: No, and that's just the perception of it. Because mm. of everything that happened with Mike Schilt, it didn't matter who it was, whether it was Ollie Marmal or whoever they hired right afterwards, wouldn't the public perception be that that would be the case, right? And that's not fair to Ollie, but that's just exactly what it mm. looks like because of everything and how that played out with Schilt.
3: And at least in L.A., where Dave Roberts doesn't have control, he he says, I don't make those decisions.
0: Oh, he, yeah, right? he admits that. Yeah, he does.
3: <laughs> so, And there's some organizations, obviously, where the front office is strong enough and the analytics people are strong enough and the manager is collaborative enough that you can do that and right. still win, maybe not the World Series all the time, but you can still win a lot of games. Uh, clearly, the Cardinals have not shown themselves, in terms of winning World Series, uh, to be strong enough for the front office to come down and say, "Okay, here's how we script this out. Let's do it this way," and then have it succeed,
4: yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, I don't no. think it
3: works that way either.
4: No, unfortunately. No.
3: So, uh, but we all agree that with Ali heading into the last year of his contract, it just has, it has, it just has the feel that uh, the Cardinals. Already are ready to move on. It's unfortunate. Well, too.
0: especially with Yanni coming yeah. into the picture now, that just makes it even more clear with this new job title assistant, special assistant. Special
3: assistant, yeah. Yes. With a desk right Go next to, to Joe McEwings.
0: I don't know if Joe McEwing will be around as much, but hey, that if you think about it, that works out for him pretty well, for Joe McEwing. Hope, you still yeah. get to keep your contract and still get to do your job. It sounds like, <laughs> from the descriptions, <laughs> that he will be going around, traveling around a lot, working with some of the minor league affiliates and stuff, but that works out for Joe.
3: It does. And still, uh, get, let's get, let's get uh, our, our guy. No. Let's, let's get Blake Ahern a little bit of help, okay?
6: <laughs> still? <laughs>
0: Come on. Right. I it's liked Blake be Shelton year. this
7: morning. That was my it, favorite
0: one. It's gonna it's gonna be be a r- better year. Blake Shelton. Oh. The, Grizz- the Grizzlies are starting to put some games
3: together. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <The> Grizzlies <laughs> are starting to win, We're talking about
3: that. Starting no, to happen. No, uh, no, coming up, no. we've got our Rush Hour <laughs> Reset here on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: We're having the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
5: Buck gets dropped, Blues pull it back into their own end, and a two-goal lead and a potential winning streak comes to a halt here as the Knights come back to beat the Blues by a score of 6-3. to three.
3: Chris Kerber, last night here on 101 ESPN, the Blues did have a 3-1 lead after a period, and then things just disintegrated for the Blues late in the second, and they fell to the Vegas Golden Knights by that score of six to three. Coach Craig Bruby, after the first period, what what what, what happened? Penalties for sure. I think I thought
9: that um, made a couple. Um, you know, we took a couple penalties, got them back in the game. That's that was the difference for me.
3: The uh, Golden Knights with an NHL season-high eight power play opportunities. That's a lot. That's a lot.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was... That's yes, a whole lot. Yep. Yeah, and if,
3: even if you aren't giving up power play goals, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to play five-on-five, five, and you're not giving mm-hmm. yourself an opportunity to score, and you're also expending a lot of energy that you don't ordinarily expend five-on-five.
0: And that's exactly what happened to them last night. It was such a great first period. Also, I was so happy to see Jordan Kairou get that goal. You could feel just the relief of him being able to do that because it showed off everything that we love about Jordan Kairou, which is his skill and speed and the way he was just able to maneuver up to the front of the net. I mean, that's what you want to see mm-hmm. from Jordan Kairou. And to see it work out was great. But then things just falling apart there towards the end of the second period. We talked about how the Blues are able to kind of respond from game to game, right? So they lose a the game, then they respond well. The next game, but what about the in-game response from this team?
3: It's not. The, really? the la- yesterday was kind of weird. I, I think what happened was I think a much better team just decided to toy. They they may have been yeah, toying with the fair. Blues <laughs> and just said, you know what, enough, and, and just started playing. But the Blues didn't do themselves any favors with no. the penalties.
4: They didn't get any favors from the officials. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to beat the officials too. Well, yep. well you were talking about you know the the amount of time on you know the penalty kill and. I was listening to the to the show, listening to Curbs talk about it yesterday. Pavel Bushnevich had a lead, had led the team in minutes in 24, but how much of that was spent on the penalty kill unit? How much you know, energy is exerted trying to get the puck out of your own zone when you're 5-on-4 and just trying to not allow goals to happen? And then when it's time to play 5-on-5 five five, or maybe you're on the power play, how much gas do you have left in the tank? So obviously the penalties are are a killer when you are facing that many opportunities against and, and you're unable to just continue to Push your way through when you're spending that much energy on the defensive side trying to, trying
3: to kill a penalty. And the Blues now have a one point lead over Nicheville for the final wild card spot. They're a point behind Arizona for the, uh, the first wild card spot. And if you look, guys, at the overall standings in the league, tomorrow night the Blues play at Columbus, pregame at five here on 101 ESPN. And then on Saturday, the Blues are at the Blackhawks, pregame at six here on 101 ESPN. Chicago has the worst record in the National Hockey League with 15 points. The Blue Jackets have the fifth worst record in the National Hockey League. So if you are In in that middle tier, you've got to beat the bottom tier of teams. And so these are two important games for the Blues coming up tomorrow night and Saturday.
0: Very much so. You don't want to see what happened last night happen again.
3: Right. Uh, Tonight, Thursday Night Football, Kerry Davis is one of the people that's going to be watching as Steelers play the Patriots. One of the people. Bet the under.
4: (laughs) Bet the under. Let's see what the under is. 30! It's 30! Bet the The, under. The the over-under is 30. I think they said it's like one of the lowest over-unders 15, 16 to fifteen yeah. to get you get you a win.
3: Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> not with <laughs> these two yeah. Mitchell Trubisky that. against uh, Bailey Zappi, maybe.
6: Oh, that's uh, exciting. Uh, two
3: quarterbacks. How mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. How about that? <coughs> rugged, rugged. So anyway, you'll hear it here on one oh one ESPN. Hey, if, if you have some problems now, with maybe um, sleeping. This is uh, just turn <laughs> <ready>. turn, turn, <laughs> turn on the game. Ready. Turn turn on the app tonight at seven
4: and uh, maybe you'll be able to get a little nap in. Now I can I can say this melatonin because game. football <laughs> in Pittsburgh <laughs> in December, run the ball, play defense, uh-huh. you win championships. Mm-hmm. There's the recipe. Get it done, Pittsburgh. All right, there, the we go. Yeah. there we go play defense uh, the okay.
0: annual melatonin game i oh, like that maybe that's a good sponsor i'm just throwing sponsorship ideas yeah. out there
4: <laughs> i think it's a good one a good yeah. call. well done
3: well done uh the billikens fell to drake last night 75 69 bills led by 18 and and blew the lead and last night juan soto was the big name traded to the yankees in a seven player deal jeff passan of espn why did the yankees make this deal
5: The Yankees came into this offseason with a couple of goals. One of them was to get a big left-handed outfield bat And in Juan Soto, they have come up with the biggest there is in baseball. He is a bona fide superstar. Now, they paid a hefty price for a guy who's going to be a free agent after the 2024 season, but frankly, they needed to. Coming off a disappointing year in New York, now they're able to pair him and Aaron Judge in an outfield that looks a lot more dangerous, along with Trent Grisham and Alex Verdugo, Mm -hmm. who they traded for yesterday, than it did 48 hours ago.
3: And the Padres give back multiple years young pitchers, including Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Jahani Burrito, the uh, the latest latter-day superfluous H, Jahani Burrito, <laughs> Randy Vasquez, and uh, the catcher, Kyle Higashoka. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this trade, from my perspective, is you think about Blake Snell, about uh, Michael Waka, and about uh, Seth Lugo, all leaving the Padres. They've lost 92 starts from last year in free agency. They needed to replenish their starting rotation for Mike Schilt, and they may have three guys that wind up starting for them in 2024. So they did a good job. Not the best job, because of what they gave up for Soto, but -hmm. they did a pretty nice job in uh, getting what they needed when they traded one of the best hitters in all of baseball.
0: I just hate that the only big blockbuster thing really happens at like 10 o'clock at night, essentially. So we were talking about earlier those riders just battling through Nashville, a hard city to have fun in, of course. Um, And they just had to be there, waiting for their opportunity for anything to break, and nothing happens until 10 o'clock.
3: Right, and the Cardinals did wind up picking up a relief pitcher in the Rule 5 draft yesterday, and if you aren't aware of the rules for the Rule 5 draft, when you grab somebody, you have to keep them on your roster or offer them back to the team that you took them from. And the Cardinals took a right-handed reliever from Boston uh, and uh, by the name of Fernandez, Ryan Fernandez, and apparently he has good stuff. A strikeout and inning guy, hopefully, and that's in AAA, by the way, not at the major league level. Hopefully, Fernandez will be a bigger part of the Cardinal bullpen in 2024 than Wilking Rodriguez was in 2023.
7: Oh, I was just about to ask you, who who has a bigger impact on the 2024 Cardinals, Fernandez or Wilking Rodriguez?
3: I, I understand that the.
7: Moises Gomez. Yeah, Moises
4: <laughs> is still around. Uh.
3: Apparently, the, the uh, interest in Wilking Rodriguez is like through the roof there were like 12 teams interested in wow. one of the pitchers and then I I, I read uh, that Wilking Rodriguez is indeed a free agent
4: Right. Mm. I, I was you know talking about the the baseball and their inability to you know have a hot stove mm-hmm. and have bring eyeballs I'm looking at an article from 2011 America's pastime 20 reasons why baseball will always hail over football that, uh, that, that kind of shifted a little bit, huh? Yeah, it's a behind. A
0: bit. little bit. That's a shame. I yeah. guess the most exciting part, I wouldn't even say exciting, but where you finally get kind of like an interesting quote is when Scott Boris held his press conference yesterday. Did you see the amount of media members over there? And I asked some of the writers, I was like, was that the biggest press conference of the week? And they said, yeah. And he had a lot of comments, but specifically – what we care about is what he said about Tyler O'Neill, And he said, Tyler O'Neill, you know, was eighth in MVP voting, 30-plus home runs, won two gold gloves with the talent evaluation of the Cardinals. It's nice to know that they have players who reach higher levels, I guess.
3: No, that was he, – he really did have a, a, a good year. That was was last year that he had the 30 home runs? Uh, no. Well, the year before. The year before but, uh, no.
0: 20 –
1: no, was
3: a few years back. So
0: it was a what year is this
3: going to be coming up? Twenty four. Uh twenty
0: twenty four. And
3: what year was that that he's
0: talking about? Um, 21? a little while ago. Yeah, twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. He was really okay.
4: good that year. Hey. He what I mean, we gotta we gotta take that into consideration, right? You don't have to talk
0: about the other stuff, I especially mean, if you're an agent. Uh, he is the king of cherry picking. That year he played in 138
4: games, and he played in 96 and 22 yeah. and 72. You know, Dylan Carlson
3: should have Scott Boris as an agent because in 2021 Dylan Carlson was third. <laughs> in National League Rookie <laughs> yes. of the you, need, yes. you need to figure some
0: things out. <laughs> but the talent evaluation shot, I thought was very interesting uh-huh. that Scott Boris made that comment. What do you think he means by that? Yeah,
3: he knows. he He's a former Cardinal farmhand. He's a Cardinal fan. He wants to see him succeed, too. And it ain't going to happen... When you keep trading away people like a Rosarena and uh, Garcia, so and he thinks that O'Neill can t- t- be one of them guys, one of those guys. I think what? he could
4: have been uh, yeah. <laughs> one of them. That's his job, right? His job that is, is his to good. sell his guy yeah. and speak glowingly of yep. his players, and so that's that's what he's gonna do. He, yep. He's he's gonna do that, but realistically. We have eyeballs. Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs>
3: All right. There's your rush hour reset on 101 ESPN. Hey, there's a cool event coming up later this month in St. Louis. Actually, it's one of the coolest events that happens in Missouri. It's Mizzou Wrestling, and they're going to make the trek from Columbia to St. Louis on December 21st. We're going to talk about it with one of their former wrestlers at Mizzou and their head coach. Next, um, 101 ESPN.
2: Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: He's a Mets fan. He is, and uh, I just don't hold that against him, okay? Like, when it comes to wrestling, he has a brilliant, brilliant mind. When it comes to baseball... A little, you know, stupid. Like it's it's not his fault. He he just grew up that way. He's a Mets fan. He can't help it. Don't hold that against him or the team. Show up the twenty first of December. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's at the Steeple Center. Be there.
3: That is the voice of our friend, former Mizzou wrestler and proud Mizzou alum, Greg Warren, who's in studio with us, and he is talking about the head coach of the wrestling team at the second ranked team in the country, Missouri, Brian Smith, who joins us now, our friend of the show here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Coach, good morning. How you doing?
10: Doing great. That was a low blow. You know, you're getting me that I'm stupid and I'm a Met fan. <laughs> you know, we we, uh, we
9: we talk facts here. Uh, on 101 ESPN. You know, you know, we talk facts, and uh, sorry, Brian, you, you, know, you, you know a lot about wrestling. I'm, I'm uh, so proud that you're our coach, but as far as uh, baseball, it's an, it's an embarrassment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that, Brian, that, that's Greg Warren. You,
3: you've got to fire back.
10: Um, you know, I do fire back during the season when we knock him off every once in a while. One time I was watching him And he was right behind home plate at the Cardinal game. And the Mets came back in like the last inning. And I tortured him. And I saw him leave the game. I I, I, I guarantee
9: (laughs) guarantee, uh, all these guys remember that game. It was, I think, not last year, but the year before, when uh, Miles Michaelis went toe-to-toe with uh, Max uh, Scherzer and... uh, we, I mean, I had it was the only time in my life as I've had green seats. I was right by, and he's texting me, and we're and, and she, I mean, he's going toe to toe with him, and then we get to I think it was top in the ninth. Gallegos gives up like four. I was at that game too. Were you know?
3: there? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was brutal. Yikes, it, was, yeah. it was horrible. So, yeah. Brian, how excited are you about getting your team to St. Louis?
10: Oh, it's going to be great. You know, it's the first time there's going to be a match at uh, the Stiefel Theater you know, any athletic event on the theater. So, and it's the night before the Bragg and Rights basketball game. And Illinois has a great squad this year in wrestling. So it's, you know, it's just one of these things that kind of came together and we're ranked really high. They're ranked really high. It's on the, theater stage it's, it's going to be a great event now coach I do have my Illini shirt on today I, I
4: went to the University of Illinois and I, I do plan on being down there I want to come yes. check out uh, this event because I've heard great things my I call him Warren G now that's his new nickname Warren <laughs> G has told me great things about this event so I will be down there checking you guys out tell us a little bit about some of your guys that you have and, and who can we expect to see you know maybe maybe put some Illini down on the mat <laughs>
10: Well, it starts with, you know, our first weight class, 125, Noah Certain. Our, we call him our spark plug. He gets everybody fired up. And he actually grew up in Illinois in Edwardsville. But, you know, we stole him away, and he's at <laughs> Mizzou, and he's ranked really high in the country. And so we're looking for that. And, of course, you have Keegan O'Toole, who's a returning two-time national champion and uh, going for his third title as a junior that uh, he he will put on a show. He always does. You have guys like Rocky Elam, who's got three All-Americans already, and Peyton Mako, who is working on his PhD right now, thanks wow. to COVID, in his sixth year, and he's a returning All-American. We just have a great squad coming back with five returning All-Americans, a national champ, so going to see some great wrestling.
3: Did you ever expect that during his career at Mizzou that Greg Warren would pursue a PhD? <laughs> <laughs>
10: Yeah, that and uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, what do you think
9: uh, some of the the toughest matchups are, Brian? I was looking at one that I thought might be really. It's I would think at one seventy four is really really a, a good match, right?
10: That is a, yes because uh, Peyton was an all Peyton Mako, our seventy four pounder, was an all American last year and early in the season last year lost a really tight match to Ed Ruth so those two are ranked in the top 10 in the country so it's going to be one of the feature bouts you know two guys that could actually be in the national finals next year you know you know this season so it'll be a good one it'll be a really good one
0: Now, Coach, I know that you guys compete in the Big 12 as the SEC does not sponsor wrestling. And I'm sure that was a very scary time, right, when that transition was happening of that uncertainty. And I heard that there was somebody in this room who was kind of adding to that confusion or maybe trying to scare you a little bit. Greg, did you make a prank call to Coach? I
10: don't
9: know, Brian, did I do anything like that? Yes, he did. Carrie.
10: He did. <laughs> <laughs> so we were. Was, <laughs> what happened? It was a time when I was just sitting, you know people were calling in and saying you know what are you going to do if the program drops and I'm like it's not dropping, and so then I, I I just heard my assistant coach down the hall getting frustrated, getting really upset because he was fighting with somebody, arguing with somebody on the phone. <laughs> we're not selling our mats. We're not dropping the program. <laughs> and I I went in there and put it on speaker and I hear this real. Go ahead. Use your voice, Greg. I was like, Yeah, I'm a
9: high school coach down here in Texas, and I know you guys aren't going to have wrestling anymore, so I was wondering if you could donate your mats. Just send them on down. We'll come get them. We'll come up there. He's like, "He's like, we're not we're not dropping our program. Hey, if you don't want to give us your mats, that's fine, but just say it. Have, be a man and say it. Say you don't want to give us the mats. We're not dropping the program. We're going to the MAC. Listen, I know uh, I'm from Texas, and we know when somebody's a liar. Just... <laughs>
10: <laughs> oh, you, well, was, Brian was furious. To and him.
9: <laughs> Brian was like, get his number, find out who this guy is.
3: <laughs> how, how, how long is did hilarious? it take before you figured it out, Brian?
10: Uh, I had to call the main office to get the number. When I finally saw the number, I realized when I checked my phone, <laughs> <conference,
9: yes, laughs> it was like,
10: "Gosh!" And when the two, my assistant and I just looked at each other and were taking "That son of a gun He got, us. <laughs> got <laughs> us,
9: Randy. It was, I, I it was because uh, I, you know, I went to school there, and I, I know the. I didn't want to call the wrestling office because he tracked me, so I went yeah. through Tiger Athletics, and I knew the number of Tiger Athletics. <laughs> I, was like, I need wrestling office,
3: uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Brian. I, I was never a wrestler, but. I hear from everybody that did wrestle that it's the toughest sport, and especially to finish. So, as a coach, how do you guys how do you get wrestlers to battle through to the very end when it's so grueling and it t- takes so much out of them?
10: Well, you, it's, it is a very difficult sport because you're, you know, it's a high level conditioning, and with that, then you know, nine of the weights not not usually heavyweight, but nine of the weights have to step on the scale and make a weight so it it, you know the diet is so and then nutrition is so important and then it's a combative sport where health is a big deal keeping guys healthy so one of the things is just you know the mental side of it keeping guys to enjoy it so if you ever came to our practices our guys are playing kickball having fun doing some uh, things as a team all the time and just trying to make where it isn't just the focus on the wrestling where we try to have some fun together as a team. And you got to know when to pull back and not put them through that grueling training so they can make it to the end because it's a, it's a very long season. We go November to March, so it can be very physical and taxing on the body. But we've been successful with it. We've been in the top ten in the last eight years. So we're doing something right. I'm not screwing them up. <laughs> we're doing a lot right.
4: Coach, I know you've seen just probably about everything uh, on a mat. What is the, the one thing that you saw that probably made you the most proud of one of your athletes?
10: Oh, uh, God, there's a lot of them. But, I mean, I've seen where a, a kid, you know, got his knee unfortunately blown out and shouldn't have continued wrestling mm. and found a way to win in overtime at the conference championship and found and it was amazing. And it, I've seen things like that, guys doing heroic things like that, not thinking about it but worrying about the team. But, uh, you know, somebody like Keegan O'Toole last year loses in a duel meet before five or six thousand people, you know, at home in a great duel with Iowa State, loses to the one of the returning you know, a guy that was a national champ, they were both national champs, then goes to the Big Twelves and loses to him again in overtime and you'd think, Oh man, he's got his number and then in the national finals goes out, calm as can be and beats the kid by six points. <laughs> and wins the national title. I mean, you look at something like that, you have to have a great great growth mindset to do that and not deal with, man, I can't beat this guy. He was immediately in the room working on things and just was focused and truly believed he was going to win. And when I saw him walk on the stage before the national finals, I looked at my assistants and said, you know, this is like whatever my 15th time on the stage, you know, with a national championship, you know, finals. And this was the most confident I've ever been, and we lost to the guy the last few weeks, and he went out there and did the job. So that that was really neat that just happened, and you get to see Keegan on the on the theater stage in a couple weeks. I, I was
9: there for that match. That was amazing. It was it was awesome. I was there for all of them actually. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say you know the match is on the twenty first uh, uh, at Stiefel, but on the second of January Mizzou is uh, wrestling Virginia Tech who's a really 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 good team and Brian uh, has asked me to be the honorary coach oh yeah yeah and um I just want to say it on you know on these airwaves <laughs> because you guys know me really well and mm-hmm. St. Louis knows me I want to say it out in front of everybody like if Brian thinks I'm just going to sit there on the bench and clap my hands, that's not what I signed up for. I'm the coach. Like, I'm the coach. Kerry, <laughs> you're a professional athlete. Like, I'm, I'm going to make some changes. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and if I don't see what I like, uh, the effort that I like, there, there's going to be some consequences. Like, Keegan O'Toole may be the best wrestler in the country. If he doesn't put out the effort that I want to see, I'll cut him. I'll, I'll cut him from the team, guys. I I, will.
10: Yeah. I hope you're
9: prepared for this. <laughs>
10: I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see about
6: that. <laughs> okay, tickets are
3: available for Mizzou and Illinois at Stiefel Theater coming up on the 21st, and you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Again, December 21st, 7 o'clock. You get to see the Mizzou wrestling team, the third ranked wrestling team in the country, right here in St. Louis. And, Coach, just because you've told me before about the atmosphere around Columbia, and when you guys have matches, when you, when you have a card, tell us what what it's like for fans that are going to be in the building that night.
10: I mean it's just very intense and and with the theater it's going to be really cool because the UFC Fight Channel is going to cover it so they're going to run it like a fight and the announcer's going to come out to the mat and in the back of the theater the lights will shine and the athletes will walk through the whole you know the whole arena awesome. the, the theater from the back of the arena to the front. And uh, it's just going to be great wrestling, you know, two programs that have a lot of great wrestlers getting after it. And just when a guy gets a pin or a guy gets scores big points, the place just erupts, and it's exciting.
3: Well, we think it's cool that you're bringing our buddy back into the fold here, too, because Greg Warren always talks about the pride that he has in the program, and it's sold heavily here in St. Louis, and we're excited to see you guys. Thanks very much for the time, Coach, and have a great day, and we'll see you on the 21st.
10: Sounds great. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Brian. Brian Smith, the head wrestling coach at Mizzou, again, tickets started just 10 bucks, and you can purchase seats in the mezzanine level for 10 or $15, the orchestra level, 25 and $35. Purchase yours today at Ticketmaster.com. Are you going to be front row, Greg Warren?
9: Yeah, I got a... Uh, I don't know. I bought a ton of tickets. If you need tickets, Good. let me know, Randy. I got, oh, okay. I bought like... I bought some special ones where I get to do like something before the. I don't know. I get like there's food and drink. Meat before and drink. No. yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like nice. You can get that. Yeah, the,
3: the VIP packages. For VIP packages, all you
9: need to do is go to
3: MizzouTotheLoo.com. They range from 100 to 125 bucks. Wow, you did spend some money. I did. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did. And Mad Side seats located on the stage, $200 with
9: hospitality included throughout the duel. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's going to be awesome, man. Good. Yeah. And w- yeah. are you traveling anytime soon before the holidays? I am uh, leaving for Columbus, Ohio for, from here. Actually, yeah. do they laugh in Columbus? Now, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> are you, you, you going to tell them you're from Mizzou? I'm gonna. I'm okay. gonna. Yeah. Good. And I'm going to tell them. Yeah. They're. Uh, those guys are. They're making it like this isn't a big deal for them. And th- mm-hmm. like it's loser talk. I've already heard them like, we don't have some of our guys and we don't really play in these kind of bowls. It's loser talk. I've heard it before. Yeah.
3: And uh, if, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, they got beat by a team that didn't even have their coach.
9: <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, you should be a politician, Randy. You need the number one team in the nation. <laughs> that's great, man. Oh, good seeing you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me in, guys. And thanks, thanks for uh, promoting my, my favorite thing. It's awesome.
3: Oh, we loved having, when you were out, at, you're talking about when you were out at Funny Bone a couple of weeks ago.
9: <laughs> you were, you were fabulous at Funny Bone. Oh,
3: thanks, your new set, if anybody gets a chance to see it, uh, you rock and roll. It's great. Thanks, buddy. Greg Warren with us on 101 ESPN, and he'll be at the wrestling coming up on December 21st, Ticketmaster.com. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our buddy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
1: news notes and nuggets it's time for the rutherford report with our blues insider jeremy rutherford brought to you by scott lee heating company a proud mitsubishi electric elite contractor
6: one two
3: three four and we head to the celebrity line now and our blues insider from the athletic jeremy rutherford joins us good morning sir how you doing Doing well, always good when
8: you can listen to a little uh, Greg Warren, that prank was epic. <laughs>
3: That's fantastic. Uh, Jr. Uh, we always enjoy the roller coaster ride that is the blues. Last night they took it in, in game, right? Normally it's game to game. Last night it was period to period. Wait, let's
8: back up. We do enjoy this? Oh, <laughs> I, I like roller coasters. It's, it, 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 it,
3: roller coasters are fun. It kind of makes my t- tummy tongue
8: tingle. <laughs>
6: tummy tongue? Tum-
8: <laughs> tummy, tummy tingle. There we go. Oh, man. Reminds me of the time I rode the jet stream out at Six Flags for the first time. I went with my mom, and I think I bit a hole in her hand. I was so nervous <laughs> trying to get through that thing. But no, yeah, it's it's happened uh, from game to game this year, and it's happened uh, in game too, obviously, but uh, probably not as drastic as as last night when you talk about from the first period to the second period. And I always try to do the Tim McKernan thing, honesty and media. I think uh, after the first period, I started working on a. I might have started working on a Jordan Cairo story about how he (laughs) (laughs) could he break out. So this is where Blues fans will text in and say I jinxed him. But, uh, you know, penalties in the second period, and Craig Burby touched on those last night, tripping, slashing. You know, I know the fans via my Twitter uh, were upset with uh, some of the officiating. But it seems like uh, Craig Burby put the onus on his team. Too many penalties. They took the Blues out of the rhythm. As you said earlier, Randy, the Blues had to overplay a lot of guys, and it just zaps you. It takes away. And so uh, they didn't play good hockey second, third period, and and they uh, wind up with another loss. So here we have uh, eight games in a row alternating wins and losses.
0: Yeah, it gives you the kind of butterflies in your stomach that you don't like, right? It's It just has been that up-and-down season for the Blues. I did want to ask you about, though, because Jordan Bennington, obviously, that first game against the Golden Knights was just absolutely fantastic. And you have an article out right now, More saves, no antics. Can Blues Jordan Bennington change the NHL, NHL's perception of him? And you said that that game the other night for Jordan Bennington was his best performance since June 12, 2019. In this story, what did you discover about Jordan Bennington And when you mention those no antics, what do you mean by that?
8: Yeah, Brooke, a little bit of context on that is I think, you know, people hear my opinion a lot, whether it be on the radio or with the stories in The Athletic about uh, the team, about Bennington. And so I kind of turned to one of my colleagues at The Athletic, Jesse Granger, who also is a goalie guru. Uh, He plays goalie (laughs) and he writes a lot about the goalies around the NHL for The Athletic. And uh, so I just talked to him because I wanted that outside perspective. Let's step outside of St. Louis and hear what people think about him. You know, I'm just being honest here. Whenever I talk to people about Jordan Bennington, the first thing is, is who's he punching lately? Who's he, uh, you know, swinging at who's he going to the bench to, to greet. And, and so I think even when he plays well, that's the reputation that he holds outside of St. Louis, right or wrong, fair or unfair. So with the way he played Monday night in Vegas, I wanted to ask Jesse what he thought. And, and Jesse felt like, yeah, if he continues to produce like this and we don't see as much of, of the extracurricular, then he could probably turn around that uh, reputation. So that's kind of that's where we uh, went with that story. And, and I think that Jordan Bennington has had a great year. I think he'd be the Blues All-Star at this point. You guys probably wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and we have seen a Jordan Bennington that's been antic-free, if you will.
4: JR, if I told you at the beginning of the season that uh, Jake Neighbors would be leading the team in goals a fourth of the way through, you would have told me I was what?
8: Probably crazy. <laughs> although I believe that he, I believe that he's he's capable of, of being a skilled player and. Uh, Carrie, I'll go back to the preseason bold predictions that I did. I think I did 10 or 11 of them, and I mentioned Jake Neighbors will play second line. Mm. And so the season, the season starts out, and he's on the fourth line, and Craig Bruby calls him an identity player, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be wrong on that bold prediction, <laughs> playing second line. But you see the work ethic, and, and you see what he's willing to do. And, and so he gets bumped to the second, and he gets bumped to the first, and he's just playing out of his mind right now, uh, team-leading 10th uh, goal of the season for the Blues last night. So he's doing all the right things. To me, he's one of their more consistent players. He deserves to be a top-six guy. But big picture, carry, I really do believe that uh, he can be a middle six for sure, mm-hmm. and he can play the top line in a pinch.
3: Hey, JR, I want to go back to uh, Jordan Binnington, D- do you think that he wants the league to think that he's calmed down, or would he prefer that the Blues uh, or that other teams think that he's still capable of going nuts?
8: I, it's it's a good question. I think that he, he's probably at a point in his career where he's he's hoping to move past it, and I think probably a little bit at the urging of Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube. Um, You know, Doug Armstrong told him last year, "Look, you're putting this." The spotlight on you and and, you know, it's going to be difficult. You know, players are going to come at you. They're going to try to antagonize you. So I think as he gets older, Jordan Bennington's probably trying to, to learn from that. You know, if we had him here on the phone, I think if you asked him if he cared what people think about him, he'd for sure say no. Um, But I, I think that as you get older and you mature and you want to hold down your spot and you want to be accountable to your team, You've got to produce. That's what it all comes down to. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, does he care about what people think about him? No. Is he trying to get into a point in his career where it's all about winning, which is what it's been, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't need to do a lot of that extra stuff, I think, that he's done over his career. And now I think we're starting to see that Jordan Bennington.
3: Jr. we always love your work in the athletic. We always love your work here. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have a great day and a great weekend.
8: You guys too. Uh, good to talk to you, and we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thank
3: you, sir. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from the Athletic on One Hundred and One ESPN. We are not heading down the stretch here because Tim McKernan, in a stunning development, is out sick today. On a day where it's going to be sixty-four degrees and sunny here in St. Louis, and Tim likes golf. That's why it's stunning.
4: I am heading down the stretch, though.
3: You are heading yeah. down the stretch. Coming up, yeah, you have an appointment. I have an appointment.
4: Uh, but we will uh,
3: <laughs> we, we will handle the the ten o'clock hour ten. To,
4: yeah. 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 to 11 is that yeah do we have rock and roll next uh, we do or have we... rock and roll yes. coming up we're i'm changing. just
3: checking out uh oh, tim's the time the, uh, tim's, the weather uh timmy's <laughs> you don't Tim, believe that timmy's they... tea time's probably it 60, look very uh, sunny one, outside. O'clock, one o'clock for
4: you two, don't believe that he's probably. not feeling well oh, are you
3: serious <laughs> <laughs> you know uh we're just joking tim's tim's under the weather he will not be in today but we'll be with you till 11 here on 101 espn
2: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today.
3: a couple of things for you. Number one, you can join in the holiday spirit by helping 101 ESPN support Operation Food Search throughout the month of December we at 101 espn have partnered with stl shirt company to offer a special 101 espn online merch store that would be merchandise store this month offering 101 espn t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more plus we brought back some of your favorites like the dunk dunctionary t-shirt be patient shirts jamie rivers and brad thompson jerseys and you can order any of the swag during the month of december proceeds from all sales go to operation food search visit the 101 espn online merch store now at 101 espn.com powered by mcbride homes we also have for you the ability if you so desire to win some tickets cardinal tickets that's right uh tis the season of giving and 101 espn wants to give it you Free Cardinal tickets. Text in now, 314-399-9646, to score a Cardinals holiday pack of tickets. Matthew, how can people get this holiday pack of tickets?
7: Well, we're giving away the Sunday pack today. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be watching Cardinals on a Sunday, you're going to be seeing them out there with what I think is honestly one of the best parts of the uniform, which is the Sunday cap. So the quick trivia question is here, what was the first season they wore the special Sunday cap with the one bird on the bat? What was the first Cardinals season that they wore the
3: special Sunday cap with the one bird on the bat? all right that's a good one and we're going to provide you a sunday funday pack that includes tickets to five different sunday afternoon cardinal home games next season cardinal sunday pack along with all of the cardinal holiday ticket packs are on sale now with some starting at just 55. dollars. learn more about cardinals holiday ticket packs at 101 espn.com be texture number Let's go with, uh, let's go with Wayne. Let's go with 50. Texture number 50 will get the Sunday Fun Day pack of Cardinal tickets. All right, um. time for rock and roll. What do you got, sir? Well, I came across a
7: pretty incredible story yesterday. Randy, we, we've, we've come across some pretty insane injuries in baseball. I think my favorite has to be when Matt Holiday was not a moth. When he had a moth fly in to his ear. ear. Yeah, yeah. We've had pictures. Uh, we've had a uh, player lie about how he hurt his hand on his counter when that's not really what happened. Uh, Max Scherzer got bit by his dog one time, mm-hmm. and that uh, that when he was already on the injured list. There's been some weird injuries, but I think I came across the weirdest recovery story in baseball history. Lance Berkman was on a podcast on 108 Performance, and he told a story about ha- about how Roy Oswalt accidentally fixed what might have been a growing shoulder problem. Um, right in his rookie year. Here's um, Lance Berkman talking about Roy Oswald back in the late 90s. It was in 97. He shows up in this old, like, 78 Chevy pickup, you know, that he had just bought, but always fiddling with it. But he kept saying, man, my arm, you know, I just doesn't feel right. My arm's bothered me. And, you know, they were trying to be careful with him. He was a pretty high draft pick. Yeah. They considered him a, a good prospect. So we'd leave Instructs. we come back in spring training the next year, and, and we're like, dude, you know, how's your arm through the course of the conversation oh man he goes you're not gonna believe this i said like, what i was working on my truck it was running I mean, i'm mean, i not a mechanic but apparently he grabbed a, the distributor cap or there was some you know the electrical system that he was working on and happened to grab a, a bare wire with his right hand and he goes when i tell you that thing sent about four zoop, zoop, as that motor was turning over he's like i couldn't let go of it and finally like i was able to get off of it and he goes i kind of fell to the ground and when i got up i did my arm like that he goes because it felt
3: amazing, It's I like could it never. It
7: never bothered me since.
3: That's fantastic. <laughs> Roy
7: Oswalt would go on to pitch the first. Uh, let me see here, the first thirteen or first eleven years of his career with thirty games or more every single year. Twenty-eight is rookie year, and before he would eventually start hit some injury issues in his mid-thirties. But apparently, just he shocked the pain out of his arm, and he didn't feel it again
4: for a decade. I wouldn't advise wow. that. No. But no that's a really. uh, that's a uh, just happened to be lucky, I guess. Cuz <laughs> that could have went really bad.
7: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, know, uh, pretty uh, wild. Interesting wires
4: and just hold on.
7: I, I well here's the thing though. I I in 15 years it, you're going to end up here and like some young player has a shoulder issue but instead of going or an yeah. elbow issue instead of Tommy John, there's now there's a new electro- electroshock shock therapy. therapy.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't shock your brain.
0: Or you can do what Aaron Rodgers did, which I can't say. But if you go, if you go look up what Aaron Rodgers has done for his healing therapy, at least one of his tactics—the the dark
4: room retreat. Um. Or the other one. No, there's other things oh, like okay.
0: involved. He likes to listen to healing a, sounds. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's clearly like working. He's sounds.
4: practicing after tearing his Achilles in three months. So there's that. <laughs> Some people are healers faster than others.
0: You guys can look it up.
4: Oh, I don't want to. Should they work out,
7: it up? Uh, now, some people are at work by now, Brooke. Should they look it up on their work No, computer? do not look oh, it up. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know, okay. know what this is.
0: Work. Use it on Intriguing. your cellular device. Oh. X. Relax.
6: Why did he say
4: the X like that? That's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> yeah. Get you right back in the game. No, no doubt yeah. about it. Be back to normal.
7: One other piece of audio I, I ran across. I was talking about this to carry about this, uh, Yesterday after the show And I didn't pull it Just because I would've Had to curse I would've had to bleep A a lot of words And it would have fallen apart in the the integrity, but you can go find it, and that was Rasheed Wallace joined Gilbert Arenas for his podcast this past week, and he told a story which I had no idea, which is that Draymond Green grew up friends of the son of one of the Detroit GMs. And so Draymond Green was in the bad boy's locker room multiple times as he was a little kid. Rasheed Wallace says, I'm going to go ahead and blame me, Ben, Tayshaun, Rip, and Chauncey, because we taught him that stuff. He goes, every time he does some of this bully bleep, he's image us in the 2004 Pistons. I bring this up only because after that JR segment, we had a lot of textures who were saying NHL is getting soft. We need go- we need goalies like Bennington out there mm-hmm. because the self um, policing is better for the game. Do you think overall? And I'm I'm looping in basketball here. Do you think the enforcer part of the game still needs to be on the court and
4: not just in the refs' hands? In every sport. Every sport. Yes. Take it. Agreed. Because if you don't, then people run rampant and they do whatever they want to do. And sometimes things need to be put in check. And how you put them in check is say, hey, you do that again, I'll do this. And so then they stop. Or you have to do it after they tell you, after you've told them once. And so, you know, hockey, people get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. In basketball, people get set, screens set hard on them. In football. It used to be you could crack block and and really take someone's soul from him. It was glorious. It's not. <laughs> it's not as much anymore. Like I I I, I watch Heinz Ward break a guy's jaw. It was, it, it tone setting. Keith Rivers. Yeah, man. Tone setting, indeed. So, you don't like it? <laughs> be better. Be a better person. And Keith Rivers wasn't a bad guy. He just got hit. But, you know, sometimes people have the only way people understand to stop doing something. You gotta you gotta hit their hand uh-huh. or yeah. their yeah. jaw, or their jaw.
0: Yeah, good yeah. old headlock yeah. every once
4: in a while. Put them in a headlock, choke them out. Then they stop. It, the it's dra- amazing <laughs> how how this corrective this this method just they, corrects they bad lose behavior. They yeah. the, uh, This
7: is
6: it. part of stuff. <laughs> made
7: a lot of sense. Him growing up around the Pistons. I had no idea he grew up around the bad boy, <laughs> or, or the 2004, because it's not yeah, the bad boy. It's, it's just—it's insane. I love Sheed coming out and being like, "Yeah, this is this is our thing." But again, I think to a point, maybe don't, maybe don't lock your hand on the headlock. To a point, you need to police it a little bit.
4: Get out of it. You're 7'5", man. What are you doing? You're gangly. Move around. What are you? Doing? And your seven one teammate watched you get choked out. So how about that guy? Yeah, right. Be mad at Carl Anthony Towns. Don't be mad at Dre. Calling him gangly seems like a little bit of heightism comment. <laughs> That's That's the, you take a little bit of shot See? there, Carrie. Oh man, you can
3: rationalize anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
4: I, <know. laughs> I can make it
0: work. Yeah,
3: absolutely. See, uh, he's going to be at Helen Fitzgerald's tonight from six to eight. You and learn,
4: right? Yes, we will be. Kelly um, uh, Fitzgeralds. Yeah, Helen Fitzgeralds. Helen Fitzgerald's. <laughs> no, Kelly. <laughs> it was Kelly on the sheet okay. the other day. Oh, Helly, Okay. <laughs>
6: yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, I didn't do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: going
3: to go watch the uh, the Patriots and the Steelers. That'll You're Going to watch the Steelers. The Patriots just you know
6: there, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay you're
3: over here there uh, so Thursday Night Football with Carrie and Learn. Get signed up for a 101 ESPN and point giveaways and enjoy a cold Bud Light. Tonight, from 6 to 8, Carrie and Learn at Helen Fitzgerald's on South Lindbergh. The Football Pick'em Challenge, refreshed by Bud Light. Learn more at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. CD, have a great day. We know you have an appointment. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate it. And we're going to stick around till 11 because Tim McKernan, unfortunately, has fallen ill today. Mm-hmm. We hope he's okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's th- early this morning. When people, or early this morning Mar-re-early. he said he said that uh, i'm sick I, I feel really bad i, feel, I don't know i don't know if i can make it today uh, so, so he's bad. not here
7: you gotta, can i kind of say i think well, my greatest fear in life right now is uh, is my phone dinging before my alarm goes off Because it's never a good thing. Um, It's never a good thing.
4: I don't don't have my ringer on at that time.
1: (laughs) NFL news and notes coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: interesting weekend in the National Football League and a game that we thought would be perhaps the game of the year is probably not going to be. Although the Buffalo-Kansas City game on Sunday night still has a chance to be a really entertaining game and uh, Brooke, one of the things that's cool about this game is that Brady and Manning had that relationship for such a long time. They would get uh, go out and play golf together and uh, do fun things, do videos together. Well, uh, for this game, and by the way, it's not Sunday night, it's 325 on Sunday afternoon, the Bills and Chiefs, Allen and Mahomes have kind of been become buddies. They're kind of like the, the Brady and Manning, where they go out and play golf. They, they bet on golf with each other and have a good time and both have high-profile uh Girlfriends or wives, and Alan was talking earlier this week about how, hey, we have this relationship. He still owes me for the when we played in the match last week or last year. But it seems kind of like this. Transcends the the Bills versus the Chiefs, and they really like it to be Allen versus Mahomes. It's fun to see these relationships, especially among quarterbacks, where they build a little rivalry, a little friendly rivalry with each other.
0: And the well, the league's always better when you have that rivalry amongst quarterbacks like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Brady and with Peyton Manning, that was so great just to see them competing on and off the field. They would even take that competitive nature with each other off the field, which is a lot of fun to see. But on the field, I don't know if you can put Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in that category just yet. Not you yet. have to see a lot more from Josh Allen, especially. and But Patrick Mahomes is well on his way.
3: Yeah, uh, Allen has to be on a team that gets to a Super Bowl, right? Yes. That's how you define greatness, and Manning did it, Brady did it, and... Uh, We saw it in the NFC way back in the day when Montana was uh, at his best and Elway was in the other conference and they were going against each other for Super Bowl championships. And until Allen is on that team where he gets to a Super Bowl, it's going to be hard to put him in the class of Patrick Mahomes. Although, I think at this stage, I mean, you look at Hertz; he's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, Is there anybody that you can really put... Even though we have a lot of great quarterbacks in the league right now, anybody that you can put in the class of Patrick Mahomes?
0: Not at this moment. I don't think so. I don't think that there is anybody that you could compare him to right now. It was Tom Brady when he was still in the league, but now Tom Brady is gone. I don't think anybody else can reach that now. I do agree with you with what you just said. I think Jalen Hurts can eventually get to that Mm -hmm. point. But as of right now, Patrick Mahomes is in a class of his own, despite even what's going on with the Chiefs this season
3: and it's amazing that we talk about because i i feel the same way We or talk joe about,
0: burrow we didn't bring yeah. up joe burrow no
3: right and he's been to a super bowl but he didn't win his team didn't win even though they were kind of screwed by the officials but kansas city's there sitting a game out of home field throughout the playoffs in the afc they're eight and four and their offense hasn't been what we expected it would be and They don't have the receivers. You lose Juju over the course of two years. You go get uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to replace Tyreek Hill. You lose Juju and you've got rookies and kids and Sky Moore hasn't developed like they thought he would. Rice is just finding his way. Kelsey looks kind of like he's slowed down a little bit. And they are not what they were in the past. But I don't think anybody would be surprised. I certainly would not be surprised if the Chiefs find themselves back in the Super Bowl.
0: No, I wouldn't be surprised either because of their quarterback. And that's the difference maker, right? That's the reason why mm-hmm. is because of Patrick Mahomes. We got a text from the six one eight that says, it's never made any sense to me. Quarterbacks don't directly compete against each other. So why do we use this narrative?
3: Well, because they are the most important guys on the team. But I always try to say Allen needs to play on a team that gets to him and wins a Super Bowl. I don't say Allen needs to win A Super Bowl, but -hmm. what you're trying to do is score more points than the other team, and if your quarterback can lead your team to more points than the other team's quarterback can do, then that does become a battle between quarterbacks, and when you're trying to define the best guys, ultimately, unfortunately for the quarterbacks, it does come down to wins and losses. Kurt Warner and Trent Green were victimized when the 2000 Rams gave gave up 471 points, but one of the reasons that Kurt's in the Hall of Fame is because he was able to beat the other team's quarterbacks Brady is considered the best of all time because in that Brady Manning matchup Brady's teams a lot of times scored more points than Mannings and certainly they won more Super Bowls so that, that's why it it just it, it'd be fun to say yeah Josh Allen going against Chris Jones but it just doesn't hold the appeal that the two quarterbacks have because the quarterbacks are the people that everybody knows they're the
0: star of the show yeah they are they are the main characters in this act and it's also interesting too because we haven't talked about the Bengals as much after Joe Burrow's injury that has taken him out right because Mm -hmm. that's what you think of the Bengals you know that they have a chance to win because of Joe Burrow but now that he's not a part of that picture it becomes a little bit more questionable I know that they just beat Jacksonville but then the game prior to that they lost to the Steelers so you you would talk about with the Bengals not having Joe Burrow anymore, it seems like they're not even a part of a lot of these conversations now of potentially making the playoffs or being a playoff-capable team.
3: And by the way, Jake Browning was named AFC Player of the Week for his performance on Monday night, and I love what I see of him. It's, I don't want to make the comparison, but the traits of just dropping back and letting it fly, I love when quarterbacks do that, even if he is only throwing the ball four or five yards downfield there's a lot of kurt warner there in mm-hmm. the the way that jake browning plays now is, is he going to wind up being kurt warner i don't know but he's completing 75 percent, 76 of his passes three touchdowns one pick and with that team you just get the ball into the hands of your playmakers hand it off to mixon uh get the ball into the hands of of chase and uh t higgins and and tyler boyd when when all when everybody's healthy Get the ball into the hands of your your playmakers and then see what happens.
0: Exactly. Please get the ball more over to Jamar Chase because my fantasy football team how'd greatly appreciates week? it. How did hmm? you,
3: your fantasy team do last week?
0: You beat us. Oh, darn. You beat Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Randy, you knew that that was happening.
3: I was well aware of it. <laughs> I was keeping a close eye on it. You were
0: celebrating with it, yeah. I feel like. Somebody texted in, did Lamar Jackson retire?
3: Uh, No, but again, he's a guy that hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet. And uh, unfortunately for him, he has not performed well in postseason generally. He's going to need to change that narrative of him not being a big-time performer in the postseason before he can be considered among that group. Sure, he won an MVP, but Dan Fouts, when when we talk about the top five quarterbacks of all time, yeah, Marino makes it into the conversation occasionally. But generally, it's the guys that are going to and winning Super Bowls. And until Lamar does something like that, people are going to choose other guys. I I would think that a lot of people, just because Joe Burrow took his team to a Super Bowl and Lamar hasn't, people would rate Burrow ahead of Lamar. I could see that. And I'm a Lamar fan. I, I, yeah. I hope he does well. I, I'm a Ravens fan. But uh, at this point, I don't think you can put him in that conversation of the top. Three or four or five guys in the league. Mm
0: -hmm. And the only way you can do that is is postseason wins.
3: To win. Yep. Uh, Other games this weekend, and we're going to have a a much better schedule than last week. Let's just start by saying that. Tonight, notwithstanding, Patriots (laughs) and Steelers. But you've you've got a fun doubleheader with your Titans against the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Will Levis against Tua. Mm Mm-hmm. Excited.
0: Oh, same caliber quarterbacks for sure.
3: But the, the Sunday night game is Eagles and Cowboys. And that will determine whether, if Philly wins, they're going to win the NFC East. If Dallas wins, then all of a sudden Dallas is 10 and three and the Eagles are 10 and three. And it's a battle to see who wins the NFC East. And th- that game will be played at Dallas, where I think the Cowboys have won their last five. That should be a hell of a game. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at this Texans and Jets game just because the Jets have have been such a spectacle this season. All Mm -hmm. the stories that are coming out. I'm just interested to see what happens with Zach Wilson and his return.
3: He'll be the same. I've already made my decision about Zach Wilson. Have you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they made their decision last season, even when they were kind of yeah. spearheading White. Remember that in the locker room? Right. They were very supportive of him. And Wilson was there in that situation. I just feel like he's not the guy that they see moving forward as being their franchise quarterback.
3: No, and he, the only reason Obviously, he's playing is because they have Aaron
0: Rodgers. But still, yeah, I'm saying, right. like, it seems like they don't have that confidence in him that he's able yeah. to just lead a team like that.
3: He's playing because he's the only man standing. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the 49ers, who dominated the Cowboys, dominated the Eagles, look like they're going to dominate everybody in the NFC, but one franchise that the 49ers have trouble with is Seattle, Mm -hmm. and Seattle is at San Francisco this weekend. Man, the 49ers were good against the Eagles on Sunday, and it's hard to imagine that anybody in the NFC can beat them.
0: No, it it really doesn't. I that was probably one of the most surprising victories just the way that they were able to just dominate the eagles i thought that those two would be very fairly matched in the way that they feel like they have the most complete rosters the most complete teams out of anybody in the league on all phases and so i was just surprised to see that be the end result
3: that's brooke i'm randy this is the balloon party on 101 espn coming up are the cardinals going to be able to move tyler o'neill they thought they could but is it going to happen that's next on 101 espn
2: to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Brooke and Randy, the balloon party on 101 ESPN. Matthew is also here. Tim McKernan out today because of... uh, an illness.
0: <laughs> Randy, why do you have to put the air quotes around the illness?
3: Oh, I, I didn't know anybody was watching.
0: No? Oh, I, I, I well, didn't well they can Randy, see us on YouTube. I,
3: I didn't know that they could watch on the Air Alliance team studio cam. <laughs> On YouTube and The Balloon
7: Party has curated Quite the little niche group That, that shows up every day at 10 uh-huh. uh, Some of them are here So I, I want to say, say welcome Oh yeah Welcome oh, to the okay. Balloon Party today
3: guys Feel free to text in 314 399 964 Yo-ho Yo, uh, This is the Balloon Party On 101 ESPN Brooke, I kind of think When the Cardinals decided To tender a contract To Tyler O'Neill, And oh, by the way MLB Trade Rumors projected That O'Neill would get Six million dollars In arbitration I kind of think the Cardinals thought that they, I anticipated that they had a team ready to take him off of their hands. But now we have finished the winter meetings and the Cardinals have not traded Tyler O'Neill. I'm getting the sense that maybe they didn't. Have somebody ready to take him off their hands, and they might be stuck with a six million dollar outfielder.
0: Well, no, there has to be somebody because John Moselock was asked about that, and he said there are teams that are interested. But the way what you're speaking to, that they've gone about it, making it very crystal clear that they are looking at moving Tyler O'Neill, kind of makes it seem like, hey, you know, over here we have a guy available. Come, come take him. We're making mm-hmm. sure you guys know that he is available. Come get him. That does sound. A little like you are maybe in desperation mode yeah. of moving him, but Mozalog did tell reporters yesterday that they do have some teams interested in Tyler O'Neill, and Scott Boris seems to have um, a way of campaigning for Tyler O'Neill.
3: Yeah, and hopefully the Cardinals can get something of value for him. Mm-hmm. And don't have to go to arbitration with him because that wouldn't be good. But Right now, what do you think value would be for a guy that you've said, your your general manager and manager have both said, our outfield is Lars Newt-Barr in left, it's Tommy Edmund in center, it's Jordan Walker in right, and Dylan Carlson is our fourth outfielder. If you're another team, and the Cardinals have made clear to you that he is at best the Cardinals' fifth outfielder, and they don't have enough at-bats for him, Mm -hmm. what are you going to offer?
0: Well, I think that the Cardinals were hoping to maybe get some sort of relief pitcher in return for Tyler O'Neill, But I'm guessing, Randy, to your point of earlier, that if that was possible, that was something that would have already been worked out. But things have been moving pretty slowly during these meetings. I mean, we just talked about the only big news didn't break until Soto last night around 10. So it didn't even happen at those meetings. So that possibility is still out there. And it seems like that is what the Cardinals are focused on right now. So maybe they're just trying to figure out some way. But... With Tyler O'Neill, do you think that if it was a relief pitcher that is very useful and a team would have a hard time parting with, wouldn't you have to package Tyler O'Neill with somebody else?
3: You'd think so. Yeah, for another team to take that money. Mm -hmm. that they're going to have to pay him, I would think so. Now, John Denton, our friend at MLB.com writes, In many ways, St. Louis is content with the rotation following the additions of Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson. And barring a shocking development, they likely won't make another play at a starting pitcher despite potential aces, Dylan Sees, Corbin Burns, and Tire Glassnow's reported availability on the trade front. Again, barring a shocking development, they likely won't make another play at a starting pitcher. So, You're looking at Sonny Gray as your number one. You're looking probably at Michaelis as your two, and then Lynn, and then Gibson, and then one of Matt's or Zach Thompson. I feel like that is a a staff that can get you to 500. And if they pitch better than they have in a long time as a group, Mm -hmm. then they could get you to 90, 91 wins. But I don't think the Cardinals have that guy right now to lead their rotation like the other championship-caliber teams do. I, I just, Sonny Gray is going to have to have a year. He went 8-8 eight and eight last year. And I know people mm-hmm. don't care about the win stat anymore. I still care about the win stat. He was uh, basically a 500-pitcher. I don't know if a 500-1 number one pitcher is what you need to get you to the promised land.
0: Well, and that's what you have right now, because this is what it looks like it's going to be for the starting rotation. I think we were all Mm -hmm. hoping that some sort of trade would come into fruition, either a Tyler Glass now, or even a Dylan Cease, because you do have guys available outside of Tyler O'Neill. You have Alec Burleson, you have, I know they mentioned Dylan Carlson being a fourth outfielder, but that's somebody who I believe also has value, and Mm -hmm. you have some prospects. We were talking about that potential Dylan Cease trade earlier, It seems like the White Sox were wanting just top prospects from teams. That's hard to part with, but you need an answer for the starting rotation outside of just next season, because you're going to be in the same position in 2025, needing to really fill a lot of different holes in your starting rotation.
3: And they must be hoping that their young pitchers, Connor Gerpe and Graceffo and McGreevy and Tekoa Roby, the, the other, uh, Kloffenstein some of the kids that they got last year at the trade deadline, they must be hoping that those guys ascend to be major league quality starters. And I think it's a great hope, but what's the batting average generally for all teams with young mm-hmm. starting pitching? If you get 50% of them to work out just to be serviceable, then you've done well. If you get one of them to work out to be a star, you're lucky. And it's been a long time since the Cardinals have had a young starting pitcher that turned out to be a star. A long time. And I just don't know if the Cardinals have it in them to turn this guy into a star. Any any of these guys into a star.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the big question. Take it or leave it. Just a late take it or leave it for you, Randy. Okay. Tyler O'Neill. Will be a Padre.
3: I'm going to take that. I'm going to say that uh, Mike Schilt got the most out of him in 2021, and they find a way to get him on their roster with Juan Soto gone and he and Trent Grisham being gone too. Don't mm-hmm. forget that their Gold Glove winning center fielder from a couple of years ago. I'm going to take that. That uh, that's a value play for the Padres in 2023. I guess it also
0: depends on what the Padres would have available to give up in exchange for that, but still. I don't know. I could see a potential reunion there, and just going back to Scott Boris's comments on Tyler O'Neill because Randy, you had a great reaction to this. Tyler O'Neill. This is what Scott Boris said about him and the Cardinals with Moseley making those comments about him. He said Tyler O'Neill, you know, was eighth in MVP voting, thirty-plus home runs, won two gold gloves. With the talent evaluation of the Cardinals, it's nice to know that they have players who reach higher levels. I guess.
3: Yeah, and I just I look at the fact that those 30 home runs, and the top eight MVP was in 2021. And we're going into 2024. So I I get what you're talking about, what the guy is capable of. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, in 2022, Albert Pujols had a great year, too, and nobody's talking about him being a player (laughs) for 2024.
0: I mean, it's... Are you saying that injury history matters?
3: I would say injury
7: and production history (laughs) does matter. Availability,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Can you guys help me get get a... because
7: Katie Wu wrote in The Athletic that it seems like the Cardinals are are pretty much done. John Denton called, said winding down mm-hmm. and we've also heard some, not predictions but some levels that people expect Carey I think was the most conservative when he said this team could, this roster could be in a sp- place where they could compete going into the trade deadline where they make a move next summer John Denton said you can probably win the Central but you can't compete with the other top NL teams John Mosellock, John uh, Said that they're a World Series contender. Which one of those is ac- is accurate? Because those are two; those are three very different levels for a team, and we've thrown all three out today. And I feel like maybe it's somewhere between Kerry and John Denton, in between that NL Central favorites, and a spot where the roster is good enough that a trade deadline move could get you excited about being a contender. But I don't know if the difference between John Denton and John Mozayloch's predictions is realistic.
0: I think <laughs> so with John Mozeliak's predictions where you're saying that they're going to be world series world contenders series contender. but here's the thing I I when I first saw that quote of course I was like oh come on now but at the same time what else is he supposed to say because if he would have said, no, these they're only going to be good enough to compete until the trade deadline, that would have actually given MLB Network something to talk about yesterday <laughs> or the day before. Yeah. It would have been everywhere because there was nothing else being done, so then it would have been blasted everywhere. Can you believe that John Mozeliak? they would be breaking down the ages of the starting rotation. Can you believe that he would actually say this? You know what I mean? And so I feel like that was probably the lesser of the two evils. Now, is it exactly accurate? No, I think that he knows that they would probably have to make some moves at the trade deadline, but hopefully not in the same camp of what you were this past season where you're sellers.
3: I get what he has to do, but I also think it's kind of disingenuous. My preference is, would be to have yes. Tom Stillman sit here and we ask him, what do you think of your team for 23-24? And he says, well, we're not going to be elite. Mm-hmm. I prefer honesty. And then if you surprise people, and Mo Moa said that before, hopefully we surprise some people and that'd be great. Uh, I think this team, by the way, going back to Sonny Gray, to me, when you have a number one pitcher, that's called win day. When, when that guy takes the mound, that's, that's win day for your team, right? Sonny mm-hmm. Gray, second in the American League Cy Young, vote, Cy Young voting in 2023, mm-hmm. when he started 32 games, Twins went 14 and 18. Ooh. Not really win day, okay? Lance Lynn, when he started, they, the, the teams he played on went 17 and 15. And Kyle Gibson was actually the best when he started for the Orioles. Uh, that team went 20 and uh, 13. Uh, in, in 2023. So I just don't count, I can't count Sonny Gray as win day. And I, I hope like, uh, I, I hope he's number one. I hope he winds up being mm-hmm. great, but I, I prefer winning and I just don't see it enough from him. Let, let me give you his career. Okay. Uh, I can give you well uh, uh, it's too much of a hassle. It's, but he, 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 he <laughs> I mean, he, he's, He has never been a guy that, I'll I'll just put it, couch it that way, where if you were going against Sonny Gray, you never said, oh, this for the A's or the Yankees or the Reds or the Twins, this is win day for them. This is lockdown stuff Mm. for them. He's just never been that guy.
0: Yeah, kind of like the same as for some of the other teams that we've seen that make it further, obviously in the playoffs and potentially winning the World Series. It's like you know that these are lockdown guys,
3: right? And Lance Lynn, that by the way, at one point was that guy for the Cardinals too, and his first full season of starting. Let me give you his uh, the the team's record. He went he won eighteen games himself that year, and in twenty twelve, Lance Lynn was he a win day guy? Cardinals win 24-11.
0: Mm.
3: That's a, that's a win-day guy.
0: This is a great text for the 3 and 4 Sonny Gray has never been a guy who is the guy. Right. That is exactly. the best description right. of it right there.
3: And if you have him as number two, that's great. But for John Denton to write, and it's troubling for me, that it would be shocking if the Cardinals don't make another play at a starting pitcher, then I don't see them being a World Series contender. Mm-hmm.
0: Because you got, you like said them. they're World Series contenders right okay, well. now. He the knows more than built. me.
3: He does and, know more than me.
0: And again, I understand
7: why he said that, but he also did say that a day after his public comments, where he said, "I think we can win this division," and that's and that's where he exactly. capped it. And then a day later, he then expounds on it, and it's like, why? Nothing changed in those twenty four hours other than what he said. And so, I'm, and, and so that's why I'm I'm wondering. What shifted that, and again, we're kind of setting the markers in different places, I think carries the closest. I think Carry's this is a roster that's going to be good enough that a, a trade at the deadline gets you excited for a potential postseason. I think that's the most reasonable expectation well, for this roster where it stands right now.
0: That's kind of the formula they have been following, yeah. right? Well, and or everybody following.
3: that's winning out of the National League is following. I mean, Padres fans expected their team was going to be in the World Series last year. Dodgers fans expected their team was going to be in the World Series last year. Mets fans expected their team was going to be in the World Series last year. Series last year. Philly fans expected their team was going to be back in the world series last year nobody expected arizona to be in the world series last year yeah. and they were
0: exactly and and the thing is is that i don't like what was said and i agree with you it's not exactly the most you know sincere probably thought problem with it but at the same time i'm not surprised i guess is my reaction to it is i'm not surprised that that was the comments that he made because also they're probably thinking about ticket sales and different yep. things like that well, and selling that
3: and The Cardinals can legitimately say this. John Moselak came to the Cardinals in 1995. Since 1995, uh, starting in 1996 when they went to the NLCS, their two worst playoff teams, two worst playoff teams the Cardinals have had since John Moselak has been a member of the Cardinal organization were 2006 when they won the World Series and 2011 when they won the World Series. Mm -hmm. They've had much better teams that didn't win the World Series than those two teams. So I think that they can logically and fairly take that approach. That's Brooke. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, Matthew's got a hill to die on for us here on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. (laughs)
3: He's a big fan of unpopular opinions. He has many of them. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this is Matthew Rocchio's Hill to Die On. Actually, right. I actually think this one might be.
7: I actually think I might get some... Some blowback here? No, actually, I actually think I might get like a good response to this oh, one. Really? But before I do that, I, I, I do need to point out um, Richard Johnson, who is a human being who works for SI. Uh, he says it in his Twitter <laughs> profile. He's parentheses. How human. do we know? Um, I see. There's, there's a picture of a, a real picture of him next to other human beings. Uh, Richard Johnson uh-huh. covers college football for SI. He has a source, and he's saying Michigan is working on a contract extension for Jim Harbaugh worth 11 million dollars per year across five years. The main hurdle remaining is a commitment in writing from Harbaugh that he will not pursue an NFL
3: job uh-huh. this cycle. Interesting. 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 Wow. There's a that picture of him with other people. Is he taller than everybody else? Um, Richard. No. Well, he's it's it's he's uh see the
7: Michigan the Michigan coach from the victories oh, okay. without Harbaugh. You see Richard standing off to the side behind him a okay. little. Okay. So, so okay. See. So, so that's so that's the Michigan coach and there's Richard right there. Okay. So he's a real
3: person. I, we we can see that. So okay. he, I don't know. He was no, He was, I just he was covering yeah. the Michigan game, so I, he was a real person. I was just wondering if his nickname was Big Dick Johnson. <laughs> Um, and so it's Richard Johnson, and he's, is he bigger than everybody else? So I was just wondering uh, I
6: didn't even see it coming I should know I should have no, seen I, I should have seen yeah. yeah. see yeah. what just happened wondering. here the no. guy's name is Richard Johnson <laughs> yeah. that's on me no. That's, no. Than everybody yeah. Else. Yeah, that's on <laughs> me
3: that's on
7: me for not even for trying to play it straight lace and not working too, at all I
0: was too t- stunned to hmm. speak over here <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Randy my face was a uh, pure shock come on you, you don't it's a nickname it's not a nickname
3: it's what they call it
0: totally
7: yeah okay fine we're gonna get to my we're gonna get to my hill to die because I think everyone I think a lot of people are gonna read this hill listen
6: People are still. We are still trying
7: to. I'm trying to roll. Uh, move on from that. Uh-huh. We're all adults, okay? And 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 so here's my thing: is I'm. If you have a problem, just just say it to my face, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm I'm slightly subtweeting my my good friend Jackson Burkett, who apparently has an issue with us doing uh, trivia questions to give out tickets at the end of our show because it. Clogs up their text line before their show. Oh, um, what? Apparently, he leveled like, this complaint to somebody yesterday, and, and he said, "Don't tell Rocky I'm complaining about this." Well, I <laughs> found out anyway, and you probably just should have said that one to my face. Just overall, I think I'm. I'm we're, we're all adults at this point. I, I've dealt with people I'm close to who are like, I, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't, we can't say those kind of things." You know, we're, you know, you, you don't want to offend anybody. I'm like, listen, I've known you since I was four years old. If we can't have a real, honest conversation at this point, what the hell are we doing here anymore? Like, just, just, we're adults. Yeah. If you're an adult, you gotta live with the fact that somebody's gonna talk, to you. if you're doing something wrong, if you're messing up, someone's gonna talk to you in a way that you probably aren't gonna oh. appreciate, and that's just life. And I understand people don't like being talked to, like, like, like they're somebody else is your parent, when you screw up after the age of, like, 24, but that's gonna happen sometimes, and you're gonna get told, you know, this is how you gotta live life, and... That's the that's the fact of the matter. You got to deal with it. Move
3: on with life. I, I feel like I was raised correctly, and I talk behind people's backs no, so that that's they don't. Not, they no, aren't, no, Randy, they are bothered <laughs> You're by are not supposed me, to do that. No. Being offended by them. So yeah, it's just, but then uh, that blows uh, up
0: uh, when they find out what you said. But I do not want to hurt anybody Jackson. to
3: their face,
0: no. so I just talk
3: behind their back. I think that's the way to go.
0: <laughs> no,
6: Randy, <laughs> no, but then that's they're, not the but way. Randy,
3: they're never going to get better that way. <laughs> Who cares?
0: <laughs> who cares?
7: Okay, well my who assumption here is that but the person if... who has a problem with you, you don't hate them like to their core already.
0: But but Rock, then he won't have anybody to talk behind their back about, you know? Yeah, like that's right, right. so if he if he confronts them about it I'm not and saying then they a perfect realize plan. that they were wrong, then he doesn't have anything else to talk about behind their back. It's yeah. not as fun anymore. Yeah. You know?
3: That's true. It, I I agree with you hundred percent. And well, that's
0: that's what it is.
3: Yeah, it's it's all about don't just stirring things up. Yeah, but you, stirring things up by talking straight to
7: someone's face is even better. Like no, that because then you direct. have to hash it out, and
3: be honest, and you have conflict. If you if uh, do you really want conflict? Yes, no. Yes. Nobody yes. Nobody wants conflict. So, so what you do is you, you talk behind their back and you just kind of. You know, you kind of take little, little jabs <laughs> behind their back.
0: It's even worse where if they, like, walk into the room while you're doing it, and they're just like, oh. Um, so, yeah, anyways, how are you doing? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awkward. Yeah. That is so awkward. Just so, say it to their face. Are you going to fight Piddles or not? Yeah, any day of the week.
3: Why'd okay, I, then I, do it. Let's just go passive aggressive. Okay. Okay. That's, I, I think that's the thing to do. Now so, this like
0: is if,
6: the... If, 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 if,
3: if Action <laughs> Jackson... Would walk in here and, <laughs> and look at the text line and say, man, a lot of crap on the text line this morning. I wish somebody would have done that earlier.
6: <laughs> but don't,
3: don't say it to anybody's face. Just just, yeah. just subtly, just Yeah. little, just next time
7: you see, hey, Rock, how you doing? Hey. Just kind of cold shoulder him. Yeah, right, yeah. So I say, be an adult, be open, and you say, let's all watch Mean Girls again. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: That's my goal. How good? I mean, your slam, you ju- uh, your slam book must be juicy. Your slam book must be juicy, Randy. Yeah, that Big thing time. must be that thing must be insane. I'm just all about uh, ignoring and avoiding conflict at all costs. Yeah. Um, somebody says, Randy, what about Ronji?
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, the timing
6: of that four, perfect. Ronji, gotcha.
9: Ronji,
3: <laughs> Ronj- as Hitch would say, Ronji drags you into the battle. Uh, he, he he wants conflict. He he lives for conflict.
7: Somebody says you're mad at somebody who's being passive aggressive by being passive aggressive. I'm not okay. no. I'm being okay. aggressive right now. I like being passive aggressive. If, if he was standing face? behind Ryder, I'd be looking directly into his eyes right now and saying that he should have said this to me straight to my face. He'd, again, I'm not afraid of conflict. Again, I wouldn't do this segment if I was afraid oh my of God. conflict.
0: Yes, I no, enjoy. If only, it. if only people could see like our meetings after it's the, the best. show, uh-huh. Rakio wants all the smoke, all Let's the go! fire, all the yeah. conflict. Doesn't does. matter who's yeah. in the room, he's going to figure out a way.
7: Somebody says you have to be direct but then try not to hurt their feelings.
0: I mean... I don't want to be direct. Sometimes you have to hurt their feelings. Oh, Randy, somebody's trying to stir the pot over here. Somebody Brooke. from the 314 says, Randy, does Brooke know what you've been saying about her yet? <laughs> wow. Called oh. out on air. So oh. this was about Piddles oh. and Rock. Now...
3: Brooke, of course you don't.
0: <laughs>
7: no! no! <laughs> we, had a, we had a text earlier who said wait an extra hour is he we're going to get a hill to die on I go yes we are he goes "And this one's a little too real can we get like a different hill like Rock doesn't like dogs or something
3: he did not like dogs that's, not, know true. That. that's
7: not true that's not true dogs are lovely they're perfect animals yeah but that doesn't mean you like them you didn't say you like them. No, I love dogs. Okay. They're the best. Okay, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, listen, and, and this, this is actually more of, this is less of a coworker thing. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get down to the business. I just think if you've known somebody your entire life, that's true. That's true. You should be able to have more real conversations than I've experienced in my life with certain people I've known my entire life. I'm not sure why we have to play patty cake. When I when, like when you when you're literally somebody who's known me more than almost anyone else on this planet from this the time you played the most real conversation we can have, but yet those ones to me seem the ones that you can never actually have, and people get offended the easiest. Uh, thank you, sir. That's thank good. You very much. Here's the thing,
0: Randy. Though, if this was true, I would find out. You know how good oh, I am at discovering reporter. things. It is my side hobby to investigate. Fully on what people are doing, saying, I don't know why I'm this way. And maybe that's why I got into journalism in the the first place. It's fun. So, if any of you on the text line are talking about me, I'll find you. That didn't sound creepy (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) 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 It's kind of like I was, uh, some people called me a serial killer the other day, Randy, because I wanted to eat Oreos with peanut butter. And they called me a serial killer. And I took note of that. I took note of who those people were, where they work, where they live. You know, just, oh. It, they Sorry. did not
7: call you a serial killer. They simply pointed out that it seems like something that other serial killers would
3: have been a fan of. We're trying mm. it
7: tomorrow, right?
0: We are. Because you haven't had it either. I haven't either, this no. Delicacy. Okay, this delicacy. So this parent together trap delicacy. show,
3: so how about 8.45 tomorrow?
0: Okay. We're yeah, I already bought the Oreos, yeah. and I bought a new jar of peanut butter. Now, guys, what is the best peanut butter?
3: A Jif. Choosy Gosh. mothers choose Jif. I mean,
7: I mean, I think pretty sure Greg Warren stalled yeah. the hallways so of GIF. Jif
0: yes it is shift thank you and that's what i picked up creamy right yes, okay here's the of name course. of
3: the uh, the segment for tomorrow <laughs> peanut butter and oreos thing or not a thing question mark
0: they are a thing
3: oh, that's that's the, the segment they are delicious okay, so we're, we're trying it so we actually uh, i've been putting together tomorrow's show <laughs> during tim mckernan's show here uh, we're gonna head down the stretch here uh, with what's on tap next on 101 espn Our day here on 101 ESPN. To uh, in, in just a few moments, you're gonna have BK and Ferrario. Until two o'clock, fast lane from two to six, and then tonight the pregame for Thursday night football is at six thirty. Steelers and Patriots at six thirty. Don't forget the fast lane and the Rizzuto show are battling in the Pick'em Challenge all football season long. And you can join Carrie Davis and learn from 105.7 The Point tonight at Helen Fitzgerald's from 6 to 8 p.m. Come watch Thursday Night Football with Carrie and Learn. Get signed up for a 101 ESPN and Point giveaway. Enjoy a cold Bud Light. That's tonight from 6 to 8 with Carrie and Learn at Helen Fitzgerald's on South Lindbergh. The Football Pick'em Challenge is refreshed by Bud Light. Learn more at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. And we also need to tell you, that you can get some cool merch from 101 ESPN that will benefit Operation Food Search. Uh, We partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store offering 101 ESPN t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more. And brought back some of your favorites like the Dunctionary t-shirt, Be Patient shirts, Jamie Rivers, and Brad Thompson jerseys. And you can order any 101 ESPN swag during the month of December. And proceeds from all sales go to Support Operation Food Search. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101 ESPN Com, powered by McBride Homes. We all have, I'm sure... Uh, Amazon Prime. Are we going to be tuned into Amazon Prime tonight to watch the Steelers and the Patriots? And doesn't it seem like this would be the game where somebody will win like forty-two, thirty-eight because everybody expects the game to be six to three?
0: Yeah, I think I'm washing my hair tonight. That's I don't know if I'm going to be call. able to make it.
3: I understand that completely.
0: Isn't that what people used to say to get out of dates? I, I, I <laughs> got
3: that one. Yeah. Did you really yeah. back in the day? Oh yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Really? Yeah,
3: I did. Yeah, washing my hair. yeah Why- <laughs> I still remember.
0: I wonder if you can still use that excuse now or not. I think you can. I think I have other things to do or would Mm -hmm. rather do than watch that. Will it be interesting to watch? No. If you want a painful watch, yeah. yeah.
3: And how do you feel about Al Michaels right now? Do you feel sorry
0: for him? I feel sorry for him. He's like almost 80. Yeah.
3: Doesn't feel like the energy's there anymore. No. And I, I do too because he was superb as a football play-by-play man, and it's just not there for him anymore. He's he's the definition of losing your fastball.
7: There should be like a clock, uh, like a ticker, when you turn on the game on Amazon Prime. And if you hit certain benchmarks of actually watching the game, you get like a a, a coupon for like ten percent off your next Amazon Prime purchase. Yeah, 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 it's good. like, oh wow, you watched th- you watched twenty-four minutes of this game. That's good for fifteen percent off. I think that's the one way to do it. And I and I say that only tongue in cheek because Amazon. Is starting it, when they have multiple games and there's gonna, they're they they're going to have multiple broadcasts essentially. And what's going to happen is, depending on your payment history, you're going to get one of two ads at certain points in the mm-hmm. game. So, like if you have a, if you search for certain things, Amazon's going to give you one ad. And if, you, if your search history is a little bit different, instead of seeing that ad at the exact same time, a group of America is going to see a different ad that is tailored to your purchase history on wow. Amazon. And they they only have myself. two. They only have like no. two right now. But I have a feeling this is gonna be the new thing where it's gonna be like they have a register of like fifteen and it's gonna be a hundred percent pinpointed exactly to what you've been buying on Amazon. That's it's gonna get it's gonna get insane. I like brilliant that. but scary.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The whole world's scary now. That's fair. <laughs> do the not right wrong. thing. That's all. Just do the right thing.
7: Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
3: Okay. So uh question for the for the audience here. I know sure. this is late to get so we only have a minute. Okay. Okay. So uh have you ever thought like if somebody tries to carjack you, would you throw your key fob? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that would be your first course of action.
3: Yeah, because okay, fine, take my car, but you got to go get the key first. But then first. what if
0: they get angry at you and, and shoot, shoot you? you? That's what then I'm wondering. That's,
3: that's what I'm wondering.
0: I think that th- I would just give them the keys, honestly. Yeah, just get just out of the car for safety reasons, please. If you're listening, would you <laughs> ask, could,
3: could, Would you ask? May I please get my backpack
0: first? No, they're <laughs> not gonna want to. They're not gonna negotiate. I have a feeling people Dang. who are carjacking are not. Negotiators And they don't care about manners? No. Okay. No. I, I think insurance. manners are out the window. I pay insurance entirely so I can go, what?
7: Oh, yeah, take it. Yeah, you're good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there is somebody wonder. that I know. I don't. Well, okay. I have, go ahead. I have to go be ahead. quick with this story. There is somebody that I knew when I first got here to St. Louis. Their car was stolen, and so they were going through the process of getting a new car. You know how long it can take mm-hmm. to do that. And then all of a sudden, they get a phone call. They were like, hey, we found your car. It was a part of a crime, but you can come and pick it up. And so- they go over there to get the car, and it was a part of a homicide.
3: Oh, no. Yeah. Bloody inside?
0: Uh, Yeah, bullet no. holes. Oh, so, yeah. at that point, what do yeah. you say? Get the
3: new car. You, yes. <laughs> let's solve <hold> this <laughs> one out.
0: Yeah, let's do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, laughing about homicide, you're oh, on the no, balloon party. no, that's not good. That's no, it's not good. Not. But Oopsies. it's a balloon party with Tim and T-Mac <laughs> oh, and Ajax. Oh, oh my God. Uh, it's coming up, we've got... Uh, PK and Ferrari for you. we am going to um, get
5: kicked off air. We thank Anyways. you. For, yeah, we've got to do,
3: uh, well, it's a blue party. It's not <laughs> us. Uh, so we can make jokes about people's names. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Well, or ten. Uh, <laughs> have a great Friday, St. <laughs> Louis.